All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance this is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Twidwell Studios with another Twidwell, Mr. Trevor Twidwell. What's good, everybody? Our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, is out this week. Um, as he so eloquently put it, and uh, we actually knew before he actually had to say it, but nevertheless, he said it himself, quote, Mexican families celebrate Christmas Eve as if it's Christmas itself. Poop. So, unquote, by the way. Poop. Yeah, so he's uh he's hanging out with the family, uh, the great Ortiz family who always feeds me uh, and Trevor, quite frankly, uh, better than we deserve every time we uh, show up to one of their events. So shout out to the Ortiz family. Uh, keep our spoiled brat Eddie safe and calm during this uh, holiday season and get his ass back here next week. Can't wait to get him back, and I know Billy Hodge is feeling the same way. I better get some tamales. That's all I know. Yeah, bring me, some, bring me a hot plate, baby. Tamales. I want like I want decoratives. I want like mistletoe around it. It's gonna be fun. Some camel toe around it. Some right camel toe. What the fuck? <laughs> organic camel toe. Yeah. But for all of our live streamers, YouTubers that have been hanging tough uh, over this last month with everything that's going on and the holiday season combined, we haven't really been able to do our, our our live stream and YouTube like we'd love to, like we normally do. I know that's been a big thing for you guys, and we really do appreciate you guys hanging out, hanging with us and, and just podcasting instead. And for all the OG podcasters out there that still just podcast with us each and every week. Thank you so much for not just taking your time to be with us in this time, but during this season. I know that most of you guys have families and relatives coming in town, or you're out of town, but you're you're with us, and you, you take the time to listen and be a part of this. We really do appreciate you guys, but but also for the people out there, Trevor and I were talking about this before the show even began, that we... You know, most times, most shows, they, you know, they won't do a show during this 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 week because it's Christmas time and everybody is just assumed to be with people. We we do we do know that that's not the reality for everybody, especially this year in particular, with social distancing and with people, you know, staying safe and staying responsible during this time. Not that it's wrong if any of you guys are out there with your families, we totally get it and we respect it. But a lot of us out here are going to be alone or going to be with maybe one or two other people, and whatever your situation is. We we want to be there for you guys in some regard, and so if, if we're if we're here to help you guys through this time and to get through this damn year and this holiday season that might be rough for some of you, man, that's what we're here to do. For whatever your scenario is, whatever your life is, we're just glad to be a part of it, and we thank you for for adding us into the the rolodex, if you will. Uh, but let's get into some sports, man. Let's let's keep this thing going. Yeah. Um, so here's some breaking news, uh, never before told news. Trevor and I are brothers. Mm. Yeah, break, break. What? We almost got Woj to do this part for us on the show, but we he was busy. <laughs> yes, I know I am far more handsome with nicer clothes and more kids, but believe it or not, <laughs> it's true. We are the oldest of five kids and only 14 months apart. So you'd imagine that the stereotype rang true with us as kids and even sometimes as younger adults. We fought all the damn time. Uh, we would argue about literally anything. 
Growing up, some of our friends would intentionally get us triggered, separate or together, and it would always end up with us at each other's throats. Because Trevor and I are very different men in many ways. Again, with me being extremely handsome with my H&M menswear. Facts. But there are very important factors that keep us unified. It's our love, respect, and loyalty to and for each other. And we... And a bond that made that we made long ago was to never allow anything or anyone come between us. And to this point in life, we've held true to that bond. And and no matter how often or how severe we may clamor against ourselves, if either one of us ever fell victim to unforeseen circumstances, or if anything or anyone came against the, the other of us, we would do any and everything to be there to put it into it. Because no one fucks with the Twidwell boys except the Twidwell boys themselves. The Chiefs as a franchise has rarely been what anyone would consider a league representation of greatness. We all are aware of the massive gap known as the history of heartbreak that connects their first Super Bowl to their most recent. And even though the most recent looks to have to repeat soon again and join it, and create a new history, it's the gap that has not only more times than not been what most focus on, but has been used against it and its fans. Trev and me, you and I, all of us. Since 2018, it's been rather difficult for anyone to find a ton of negativity to accurately and fairly throw in the direction of the Chiefs, seeing they've only lost nine total games, eight with Mahomes, by the way, out of their last 46 regular season games, not to mention is on course to their third straight AFC championship along with a Super Bowl trip and title in the 2019-2020 season. Things have been really good around these parts, and it's been hard to do anything but enjoy every second of it. However, Us that pay attention, pay the most attention, and dedicate the most time analyzing this team will naturally develop honest opinions on the team and the direction they're headed based upon the way they're playing and how we see it panning out for the team. And if you ask me, there is no one more valid in criticizing or praising this team than those of us that fit this criteria and description. But we also know that there are many others from the outside looking in that have their own opinions to share, or rather, spew in the direction of this team, many of us identify as a portion of our own family. We know we know this is a fact, guys. Positivity does not sell. And over the last calendar year, it's been pretty much all positive news coming out of Kansas City. So much so that we are now really beginning to witness the ramp-up of what we classify as the quote-unquote hot-take movement when it comes to the national media and how they express their opinion on our favorite team. I have personally witnessed the best of the best literally trade in their dignity to downplay what the Chiefs have done and are still very much in the midst of doing. I have seen the bottom-feeding, talentless clowns fling their bullshit against the wall in the hopes to get us to pay attention. And the biggest issue I have with all of it is, it's working. They've gotten my attention, and I often hate that it has. I can't tell you how many times I'll come to Trev pissed off beyond belief about something I heard on the national circuit, what they say about the Chiefs, or in particular the GOAT in a 15 jersey. 
it gets my blood boiling from the base of it being that, that my team and my quarterback, they're speaking negatively about, and naturally my defenses will arise. It gets my blood boiling from the fact that most are stretched from the truth and or are flat out making up complete falsehoods in order to diminish the accomplishments the Mahomes-era Chiefs are accomplishing, accomplishing unlike anything we've yet to ever see. At the end of the day, their words mean jack shit to the team itself because as we've all been fully aware of, the Chiefs are currently hosting, hoisting rather, a 22-1 and record since, the week, since week 11 of the 2019 season. And at the end of the day, their words mean jack shit because as we're all fully aware, the Chiefs have a quarterback that possesses talent, power, and poise unlike any quarterback in the history of this game. And for anyone to discredit what he's doing and has done and how he's doing it, it needs they need to be living in a padded walled bedroom. The reason I think it bothers me personally is due to the fact that I have waited my entire life for my team to be the team that every every fan base envies because I grew up as a kid that watched the Patriots, Colts, Broncos, Saints, Packers, Steelers, and Seahawks build dynasty-style teams around their all-time great quarterbacks. And even though I loved my Chiefs, I wanted to know what that felt like. And now, after all these years, that time has come, and I will be fucking damned if anyone tries to take that away from me. I criticize the Chiefs constantly. Even when they're winning. (laughs) Even in the middle of games, they're winning. I'm criticizing them. But that doesn't mean I don't love them to the same level as a blind homer, but rather the contrary. I love the Chiefs more than anything outside of my family and my girlfriend and Five Guys Burgers, but that one's close. I criticize them because I expect better out of them. The national media criticizes them because they're trying to get clicks off of the team that I've dedicated years of my life crying over, laughing, and celebrating over. But more than anything, being loyal to. It's just like being brothers. We may clash, we may have our misunderstandings, and we may even get sick of one another. But no one fucks with my brother. No one fucks with my chiefs. Because to me, this is family. And God damn it, my family is winning. And no one is going to lessen the successes of those that matter to me. So in essence, I, I truly hope the national media stays tuned. Because I cannot wait to see them twist in the winds of February when Patrick Mahomes is hoisting Lombardi and the Super Bowl MVP trophy for a second consecutive season. And goddamn, we're going to leave it right there because I got to get Trevor's thoughts on this game that we just watched last Sunday, Chiefs versus Saints. Another nail-biter, but guys, I'm going to give you a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a spin on this one, and why you should be feeling really good about your Chiefs coming up in the later se- the later parts of this season as the playoffs come around. I know we lost Clyde, and we don't know when he's coming back. I know we're uncertain about Mitchell Schwartz if he's ever coming back. Eric Fisher looked like dog shit, but there are some silver linings, guys, 
that we have to be paying close attention to and why you should feel just as good about this run it back tour as we do the beginning of this season. We're obviously going to give you guys our preview on this Chiefs-Falcons game, which many think and many assume is not a big game. It's actually a very big game for the Chiefs coming up this week. We're going to break all that down. We're going to open up the Monday mailbag. We're going to hand out L's. We're going to do a lot of shit for you guys tonight. I promise you we're going to make it worth your while on this Christmas edition, Christmas Eve edition of the Spoken Podcast, episode 96. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Twidwell Studios with another Twidwell, Mr. Trevor Twidwell. What is good? Who I just uh, gave a lot of praise to in that first segment, probably more than I should for free, to be honest. But <laughs> nevertheless, Trev, how was, uh, how's your week been this week, man? It's been busy, man. Uh, if, if anybody, if you, any of you, you already know or don't know, I work for FedEx, and FedEx is... We are Santa Claus, legitimately Santa Claus. Uh, anybody who works for any kind of courier position... Delivery service, it's uh, it's been insane more than any other year. This is obviously a dramatic, dramatically increased time of year for couriers and people because the orders online are more than you know quadrupled this year with everyone being you know locked down. So it's been uh, these past couple months have been insane. So I've been I'm tired. You know, I'll just say it. I'm I'm tired tonight. So I had a really rough day myself. Yeah. Uh, I spent all day. Uh, watching the entire first season of The Mandalorian, which, by the way, what the fuck is wrong with So your with bed's me? tired from you sitting oh, on it geez, all day. My, well. bed, my bed right now is literally on the side of, on the side of the room dry heating right now <laughs> just from having to have my, my ass on it in the first place, but just the fact that it was on it for so long. I can't even imagine. I'm actually paying my bed rent. But uh, nevertheless, guys, if, by the way, just a side note. I know this is a sports show. If you have not watched The Mandalorian – Get on that shit. It's unbelievable. I've been talking to Clay Windler all day. I haven't, I haven't watched it myself. So I, I, told, I told Clay, because or Clay said, hey, if you guys do a Mandalorian episode, I'm definitely going to be on the show. So if we, can get, if we can get Clay on the show to talk Mandalorian, I might have to do it. But <laughs> nevertheless, we got Chiefs football to talk about, which, by the way, fuck you, Trevor. You guys had tacos the other night or other day at your work. I don't it was nice. Shit. We had a taco truck inside of our warehouse. amazing, man. It was and great. you even put the music behind. Yeah, like, so I got, like, you know, I got like You know when you hear music and you automatically think of like chips and dip you, you or something? You taste it. Oh, my God, dude. I was <laughs> I got hungry immediately, and I just ate. That's what's the saddest part. I literally just got to finishing licking my fingers from mm. the food I just ate, and I see Trevor's story. And what did I send you, Trevor? What did I say? Oh, you said fuck you. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, they're free tacos too. So, you know, everything <laughs> tastes better when they're free. So yeah. Well, we had a big time, uh, highly anticipated Chiefs game this last Sunday. Uh, Chiefs versus Saints. Uh, going into the season, I had the Chiefs losing two games. I had them going fourteen and two, and the two games were two road games, which I thought were going to be very, very challenging games because I was anticipating that we would eventually see some fans, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, as the season progressed. But it's only been in select stadiums. And coincidentally enough, it wasn't in the two stadiums that I had them losing to, which was at Buffalo and at New Orleans. Now, I revoked both of those losses as the season progressed. Yeah. And the biggest reason why wasn't even just the fans. 
If you go back to that Bills game, if you look at the matchup and the, and the way that the Bills were playing at that time of the season, the Chiefs caught them at the perfect time. They were they were reeling. They weren't they weren't playing their best football. Josh Allen, and obviously they caught him in a rain game. Josh Allen was playing like dog shit. Yeah, they, they, their defense was horrific. Well, at that and time our of the defense season. plays well against those kinds of quarterbacks. Mobile quarterbacks, yes. That's I don't know why, why. I looking, and that's why, ironically, yeah. I was looking forward to them facing Taysom Hill. Yeah. Now I yeah. was. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I came on the show last week and I stated that I felt like Drew Brees was going to be a little bit of a smoke and mirrors effect because Sean Payton is a clever uh, head coach mm-hmm. and he does a lot of trickery. Before games, during games, and even after games when he tries to play salvage, mm-hmm. if you will, like with Bounty Hunt, Bounty Gate, and all that shit. So that isn't what happened. Uh, I said that I thought maybe we'd see Jameis Winston. He ended up on the COVID list. So there was no way that was going to happen. We didn't, we only saw Taysom Hill a few times this game, and it was not at quarterback at all. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, they, Sean Payton had the full belief that Drew Brees was going to go out there and win them a game. Well, Drew Brees ended up starting the game 0-6 with a horrific interception to our boy Lord Jarius Sneed. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't have a first down conversion the entire first quarter. The entire first quarter. That's yeah. the first time that's happened since 2004. Yeah. Drew Brees has been there since 06. It's insane. So we're talking about at since home. the Red Sox beat the Yankees yeah. in the world to go to the World Series for the first time in 86 years. Let alone at home. Right. Is, yeah. So we had a, you know, going into this game, man, I felt like the Chiefs are going to win by 10. Um, because, you know, as, it, as the season progressed, the Saints, although are great on defense, their offense has been really lacking from the quarterback position all season long. Not to mention Michael Thomas was going to be out. I, I just really felt like this was going to be the Chiefs game. Chiefs start off 14 0 in this game. Mm. You know, the, 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 the Saints are completely lost on offense. The Chief, Patrick Mahomes looks fine on offense. The, the, the run game was actually being established. Oh, yeah. I was feeling really good about this game. And of course, as it goes on, the Chiefs kind of slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. get a little too methodical. The defense gives up a couple pretty crucial drives. The worst play of the entire game for me, and I don't even think it's close. Is Demarcus Robinson? All you have to do is let that ball bounce, and then they take a knee. On the, on, on Patrick Mahomes can go out there and literally take a knee, and you go into the halftime, and you're up. What was it, fourteen to seven? Instead of that, he tries to in, get, grab the ball and then runs backwards. It's a, I think it was on the fifteen yard line, and he ends up getting a safety. Luckily, it wasn't a touchdown. Ball was punched out. Yeah, and, and so uh, we can talk about Demarcus Robinson in a minute. That was by far the biggest bonehead play of the game, but overall. This game to me, Trevor, and I, I cannot wait to get your thoughts on this because I know you got a lot of them on this one. It was a close game in score, and the final score. <laughs> but it's the story if, of this fucking season. But man. here's the thing: here, here, this is why, and this is why I want Chiefs fans to be really excited about what's about to come, yeah. and why you should feel. I don't ever want to be the guy that says I guarantee something, even though I've done that before. Yeah. I try not to do that as much, but I, I want you guys to be as close to a guarantee and confidence about this team getting to another Super Bowl because of reasons like this. This was the biggest game of the season for the Chiefs, even though it was an NFC game as far as worthy opponent. Mm-hmm. The Saints are one of the four to five teams in the entire league that can win the Super Bowl this year. Maybe they're the fifth of all the five that are worthy because of the quarterback situation, and we don't know we're getting from Drew Brees. Right. Nevertheless, that roster is so damn talented. That defense has been great all year. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah I mean, they, you saw. Look what they did to Tom Brady twice. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. And with all those weapons. Yeah. The cover two, they mm-hmm. were telling Patrick Mahomes, you're not getting shit from us up top. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that you're going up against maybe outside of the Rams, the best front seven in the NFL. Without a doubt. And Patrick Mahomes had backups to backups as offensive linemen. Eric Fisher was out there, yeah, and getting, it looked like getting, maybe Eric Fisher at age 55, not, not age 30. Yeah, he was getting sunned, he but was Hendrickson, at, and, Hendrickson was having his way. They were telling Patrick Holmes this. you got to come out here mm. and do your trickery bullshit. you got to do your Mahomes magic 
and beat us that way. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. Now, this is why you got to get excited as a Chiefs fan. Worthy opponent, on the road, banged up team. You lose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so you know that your team's feeling rattled and a little insecure about things. Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell immediately answers the bell. Literally, the very how next play. Yeah, how important is that signing? Now? Clyde Edwards goes out. We're thinking he's done for the season. Come to find out, he's he's gonna be done for the regular season. But scared. they're probably gonna have him back in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. The very next play, Andy Reid says, "Let's do an option play," Fucking and Le'Veon Bell gets a touchdown. Chiefs fans, has this not been the testament for this entire season, where the Chiefs go on the road against a playoff team, give a punch? get punched back, and then put the final KO to the game. It ain't sexy, and it stresses us all out. I know you Chiefs fans out there, we talk on social media all the time. It is nerve-wracking. It is anxiety-filled. It is frustrating. It is all the negative things you want to say. But what do we know at the end of every single one of those games? What is the end result? The Chiefs getting the victory. Guys, the Chiefs are in the best hands possible in every regard. I know the defense gives up these horrific what-the-fuck-just-happened kind of drives. I know the offense goes in the clunker for a quarter or two. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the game, you faced – the Chiefs went undefeated on the road this season and beat four playoff teams while averaging 31 points per game. Patrick Mahomes has faced seven top five – I'm sorry, was it nine? Nine, nine top yeah, ten. Yeah, I've seen that stat. Nine, nine top five defenses in his entire career – they're 9-0 and and average 29 points a game. Yep. That is the most unprecedented record <laughs> I think I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. That's maybe the most impressive thing I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. So although yeah. the Chiefs won by three games, and I know the whole national circuit, like I talked about in the opening monologue, was talking about the amount of points the Chiefs are winning by. Guys, the Chiefs won the damn game. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be facing the Saints three times in the playoffs. You'll face them maybe once, mm -hmm. and that's in the Super Bowl. But in the AFC – the best opponent you're looking at currently, and I know it changes a lot, is the Bills. And I predicted this. Right. But if you look at that Bills defense, tell me you're scared of them. Tell me you're absolutely not. You're telling me Patrick Mahomes can't get put up 350 and there's four not on a that defense, defense. There's not a defense that scares us at all. This is not look, <laughs> we're expecting 30 points. It doesn't matter who we're facing. It just that's point blank period, especially in the postseason. That's just how it's gonna be. You're you just you, you anytime you're looking at the spread, the Chiefs should be just granted 30 points and to see if the other team can keep pace. And if you're if you're just box box score watching from the Saints game, and you see the score, you're gonna think, oh, it was a neck to neck game. You know, there it was back and forth. That's not the case. The Chiefs, once again, were single handedly keeping teams into this game, keeping it interesting by making boneheaded mistakes. You erase those boneheaded mistakes. This is an absolute blowout, and it's it's honestly like you said, it's frustrating. Almost every week we have to talk about how the Chiefs should have won by this much, you know, by ten plus, you know, twenty plus points sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the game obviously was, it was an entertaining game. It was, um, I was very intrigued to see how Pat was going to, um, play against this defense. Um, especially with this being, you know, quote unquote, the, the bat game, you know, this being a, the, a tough game with the, the yeah, up. right, right, right. So the saints, you know, obviously as a, as a, as a fan of the chiefs and, you know, Patrick Mahomes being our guy, it, it makes you a little nervous. You don't know what they're going to do or they're going to try to, and they were getting to Pat, right? Pat was under pressure. Way too much. Pat took some nasty hits too. 
Um, so they did bring that intensity. I don't think they're. I don't think the Saints were really dirty. There was a couple with the face mask with Le'Veon Bell. That was there was bullshit. There was a yeah. There was a couple little things in there, but nothing. The Cam Jordan ejection. Nothing out of the ordinary yeah, though. I don't that's, like the punch, but I honestly that's Cam Jordan. Yeah, though. I mean I love that guy. Wiley, that, I love you that want, Wiley got him that. First love it. Day. I love absolutely. That. Yeah, I was hyped when that happened. You now he's go from guard to right tackle and, and yeah. play that well. Wiley he was playing pretty damn he was, well. Yeah, yeah, Wiley was probably the brightest point of the offensive line because Eric that's, Fisher. Yeah. Fisher was getting his ass handed to him by Hendrickson, who eventually got hurt too. So that's a big deal for the Saints. I don't know if he's going to be ready for this next game. I know Hendrickson was absolutely getting after Pat all night long. Um, so that was very uncomfortable. Uh, and when he got sandwiched between uh, Hendrickson and – was it? I forget the it other – It was a backup to – They sandwiched Pat. Back. That whiplash was rough. I was you hoping saw, Pat was all right. You saw Patrick jump Eric Fisher's ass. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Which he should because <laughs> – I mean – Granted, I will give Fisher the benefit of the doubt. He was dealing with a back, bad back, and he was really questionable to even play. So the fact that he stayed out there, he probably got a nice little shot in the back and sure. just went out there and toughed it out, sure. which I'll give him kudos for that. And Hendrickson is not a fun matchup for anybody coming off the edge there. That guy's been balling all year. Um, but overall, man, Pat played great. Uh, he was making some great throws, and he was let down by a couple drops. You know, Sammy Watkins dropped a big one. McCole Hardman um, dropped a button, made up for it, which I think was the absolute oh fucking God. play of the game. And boy, that was an absolute elite touchdown. That was like some Tyler Lockett shit because him being a speedster under that that reminded me so much of a Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett play back at the end zone as he's running towards the out of bounds line. Pat hits him. That's what we've been wanting to see too. With, with, well, not even just with, with Hardman, but with letting in the red zone, letting Pat just make a play. What we not trying to get about? too yes. cute. He's cute, right. jet sweep motion. They work sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But the let, defenses yeah. are starting to anticipate Let the Pat. play break down in the red zone. Let Throw Pat move around. Back of the end zone. Let Patrick make his magic work. Right. Man. It kind of reminded me of the play um, wow. a couple years back in 2018 against the Niners when the, to Demarcus Robinson, where he he, was, he rolled out right, lasered it as it was almost the exact same breakdown of play. So yeah, I mean it was good to see. Pat be Pat in the red zone, not have to do too much, you know, pre-stat movement, trying to get too cute, try to, you know, do a direct snap to Kelsey where he's throwing a touchdown or something. I mean, that's fun. That's fun to sure. watch. It's fun if we're up a little bit, um, you know, trying to, you know, flash it. I, I think I, I don't know if you heard about um, a couple weeks ago when uh, they did that play for Kelsey. They called that play the catching Kelsey. <laughs> I just want—I don't know if I just wanted to, if any, nobody's ever heard that yet. Andy, you know, Andy's got Andy, dude. Laid away, man. Yeah. I was dying when I read that and heard them. That was the play now, call. I do want to bring up a couple <clears> things, Trevor, and get your thoughts on these as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we brought up to Marcus Robinson. Let's just get this out of the way. Jesus, yeah. Look, man, I, I know love that, hate with that. I guy. know that everybody loves Demarcus Robinson as far as the team and everything, but guys, we got to have a real conversation about this guy. He's making plays that can that can lose you games. Yeah. That could have very well been a touchdown. If they yeah. would not have – you saw two Saints players land on that ball and they end up popping it out. They could have very well made that a touchdown. And that's all over a play. You should just let the ball go because there's seconds left. You're yeah, not going to score a touchdown. I don't like him returning punts. Yes. I don't I, like him returning punts. I, I mean – With his drop passes too, like yeah. his, his bonehead route running disability this, this, this for whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. He has this – like one of He's Patrick's a freak five, athlete. One of Patrick's five yeah. interceptions was against the Raiders mm-hmm. um, uh, and the second game in Las Vegas because Demarius Robinson ran a horrific right. route. They're, Miscommunication. I, I don't – I get that McColl is still very wet behind the ears and we see that often. Mm. But like you just mentioned – there's an instinct and a skill set that McColl embodies that, that DeMarcus doesn't. And yeah. I want to start seeing more of that. And now that Sammy's back, there's a less of a need for DeMarcus Robinson to be on the field as much. That's I the really thing, though. That they start to trans. I know they're going to still have DeMarcus out there. That's the thing, though. How good? How does Sammy look okay to you? He didn't. 
He's looked slower. He looked very slow. He's dropping passes. But I watched I the all 22s and his route running was still very pristine. Oh, he's still so good. But he still looks, he, he looks like he's lost a step a little bit. Though. He did jump a little early on that one pass that Patrick had across yeah. the field. But I can understand but I mean, that Patrick, he's probably not anticipating. But I mean, wide receiver wise, outside of Kelsey, maybe, I mean, Tyreek Hill here and there, but Tyreek Hill's less of a possession guy. He's a big play guy. But yeah. Sammy is, might be the most reliable receiver for possessions, right. getting, moving the sticks. Right. He was great on third downs. And I want to bring this up real quick. I don't want this to become the conversation per se for the rest of the segment. Mm. But when it comes to the MVP conversation, this game was a perfect representation of why Patrick Mahomes is the clear-cut MVP. And you and I talked about this no last doubt. week. Yeah, I'm there with you now. Be- because of the fact that you look at the makeshift offensive line that the, that Patrick has had to overcome. Mm-hmm. How many how many games he's had to save at the end of the game each and every time over the last six weeks it seems. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that there's this misconception that people have when you compare rosters around Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. As I said last week, Trev is everyone just assumes that the Chiefs are just loaded with all these weapons. That's not true. Patrick Mahomes made Albert Wilson look better than what he was. That's proof now because nobody even knows where the hell Albert Wilson is. He got paid though, right? In 2017. <laughs> Went to Miami, got paid. 2018, yeah. yes. Now right? The streets. Yeah. Tyre, if you put McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson and even Sammy Watkins the way he's not healthy enough, you put those guys on an average team, those guys aren't doing – or they're not mentioned like mm-hmm. they are. See, and also we got to give credit to Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. Because they are so great, consistent, that man. they make everyone around them look like they're better than what they are too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a double edged sword here where Patrick Mahomes makes everyone look great, and then you have the addition of the greatness of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and the consistency. They're both on the field all the time. They perform every single week, and so it makes everyone else's job that much easier. So there is that misconception because everyone thinks that Aaron Rodgers is just depleted of of of, of skills of skill players. That's bullshit. Yeah, you have Devontae Adams who is arguably better than Tyreek Hill at the wide receiver receiver position just from route tree ability all those other things at the wide receiver position Mm -hmm. then you have um aaron jones who's easily a top five running back when healthy which he is healthy by the way no argument and they have an elite offensive line they actually have the number one offensive line and pass protection percentage Mm -hmm. aaron Rodgers has been hit the least amongst all quarterbacks this season which is crazy because over the last few years he's been getting his ass the point remains and let's not let's not sleep on matt before here he ain't andy Reid. no 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 yeah he is a top 10 head coach for sure they've been yeah he's been but I mean, the tiebreaker for me for the MVP thing, because I was very, you know, me and you have kind of had a back and forth. I've, I've kind of like often defended Aaron Rodgers and the, the season he's having because he's having a career year damn near. Um, so I got to give my guy kudos. This is tough for me because these are two of my favorite players in the league, uh, two of my favorite quarterbacks of all time here. So, um, but the tiebreaker for me personally was the Chiefs Miami game because when I directly went, when I saw that Pat was struggling, he had a few turnovers of his own. The difference between I directly compared it, even mid game I compared I compared this game reminded me of how Aaron Rodgers played against the Bucks right but the difference between that game obviously is the end result Pat found a way to overcome it and get his team down there and took the game and won the game Aaron Rodgers couldn't overcome it once Aaron Rodgers threw a couple picks in that first half he wasn't really the same right. and they got clobbered and, right. and the Bucks never looked back and he couldn't overcome you know, the slow pace of, uh, of the, the, the Bucks offense. He just couldn't put points on the points on the board against that Bucks defense. And this, and we're, if we're going to compare the, the defense of the Bucks to the dolphins, the dolphins defense is, is the, it's the superior defense at this point. Yes. You know, one of the top three defense in this league right now. So the fact that was for me, the tiebreaker personally of the MVP right now. Um, and obviously Pat going up against another great defense in this league and taking that pressure and still finding ways to win, you know, having another turnover and still overcoming that pressure of having, you know, and going against a hall of fame quarterback. 
Um, that the fact that he finds ways to win and Aaron Rodgers failed to find a way to win against a Buccaneers defense, who was very beatable over the top. He just couldn't figure it out. Um, but yeah, for me, that was the MVP tiebreaker for LDT me. LDT before the season starts opts out because he's a doctor and he right. did something that's far bigger than football, which I love and respect so much. Mm. Lucas Niang, third round pick. Who's looking forward to that kid next gonna year. going to be an automatic starter. Yeah. yeah. Opted out because of COVID. Without a doubt. Totally yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. respect it. Eric Fisher gets banged up. They're reliable left left tackle. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Schwartz has been out since week he's five. Been, yeah. Week five. Say, since over the six Raiders weeks. game, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. He's been banged up almost all season. We, we're probably not going to get him again the rest of the season. According to Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead probably does not look good. No reason to, really. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so he's probably not going to play this season. The Chiefs have him under contract next year. We can talk about that at a later date of, as far as what the Chiefs are going to do with the offensive line. Right. Point remains, guys. Chiefs have backups to backups to backups on this offensive line, and Patrick Mahomes is still out there. Going to probably throw 5,000 yards, depending on if he has to play in Week 17, which he'll play probably a half, uh, even if they beat the Falcons this week. Maybe. Um, and he's on pace to score round 40 touchdowns, which would be one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen again. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. So, you, you know, I, I bet if you got a candid response from Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to put, I don't want to speak for him, but I, if I was Patrick Mahomes, let me just say it like that, mm. and I was given the the, the option of. You could have the best offensive line in the NFL and one elite wide receiver and one elite running back, or you can have two elite receivers and a horrific offensive line, which you're taking. I guarantee he's taking door number one because <laughs> no quarterback in the right mind is going to pass up a great offensive line For sure. because they want to be able to feel comfortable, stay in rhythm. Because let's be honest, when you're as great as Patrick Mahomes is or as great as Aaron Rodgers is, you don't need the best weapons. Yeah. Look at Alan Lazard and Scantlin. Although I'm behind on those guys, maybe higher than you are on those guys, Trevor, because I like their ability. Those guys look better than what they are because of Aaron Rodgers. So when you have an offensive line that lets Aaron Rodgers go through his reads, you're going to find open guys. And those guys are going to get – I mean, look at Peyton Manning all those years. Yeah. He didn't have – like he had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. I'm not trying to downplay. He had talent, He had great number ones. But he had great offensive lines Mm -hmm. that let him utilize guys like Brandon Stokely and Dallas Clark and Anthony Gonzalez, guys that otherwise would have been just jags. Yep. And and they put up numbers because Peyton Manning had the time to go through his second and third reads. Give Patrick Mahomes an offensive line like Aaron Rodgers has right now mm-hmm. and let and come back to me. Let me know what his numbers look at that point. Yeah. And that's what the Chiefs have to start doing. This Saints game is a testament to the to Patrick Mahomes' greatness, but also a caution of his down the years play. Patrick Mahomes is 25 years old right now, so everyone's just assuming, oh, he's young, he'll get banged up, he'll be fine. Guys, this is a violent sport. Mm-hmm. And into his late 20s and early 30s, if you want him to play at Drew Brees' age and Tom Brady's age, which I think he could. The only way that's going to happen is they keep him on his feet. You have to build offensive line. This is why I've been driving that home all season long, guys. You have to immediately in this draft draft the best offensive guard available in this draft or best offensive tackle in this in this draft possible. If there's a big guy like Brandon Scherf that's yeah. going to be available, he's going to be unrestricted free agent this year, that guard, Brandon Scherf, if you can go and pay money to get him. There's a lot of money coming off the books this year for the Chiefs. Maybe they can go and get him. Lucas Niang will be back next season. I don't. Know I want somebody. I want a big buy. Yes. We, like some. I want to start building something similar to the way the Raiders built yes. their just juggernaut guys up front. That's look how much better Derek Carr's been. Absolutely, this, this it changes everything. And I mean, and but that also the flip side of that shows you the confidence that Andy Reid has in Pat because we very rarely run two tight end sets. We if we really wanted to, if Reid really wanted to, he could just you know make Kelsey more of a blocking option. 
uh, and, you know, get them routes here and there and have, you know, two tight ends on each end of the line and, you know, having that, that extra protection. But they, that just shows you the faith they have in Pat to make plays with the makeshift line. Now, I want to say these two last things about this this matchup in the Saints game and why the Chiefs, Chiefs fans need to be feeling really good about this. More than just a victory against a great team, more than them going undefeated and averaging 31 points a game. All the things we just talked yeah, no big, on. No big deal. Guys, the Chiefs defense led the league in fewest receptions by wide receivers. That is a humongous <laughs> stat. Why? Because if you look at any of the teams they be facing, they'll be facing in the AFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. All those teams have awesome uh, wide receivers. Yeah. So I mean, the, the who's the worst like number one wide receiver amongst all playoff teams right now? Jarvis Landry. He's a damn good wide receiver. A legitimate possession receiver. Legitimate slot receiver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so the Chiefs are going to be going against those guys with that kind of confidence coming into the playoffs with three healthy safeties. Yeah, I think that number is a little skewed though, just because Travis Kelsey is damn near an elite wide receiver. No, no, I'm talking about on the defensive side. The Chiefs. Oh, defense. okay, I got you. So I got the Chiefs you. defense led the league in fewest. Oh, our secondary has been allowed. Yeah, especially yeah. this past week, man. Legarius Sneed. I said this on Twitter. Oh, I'll say it again. Such a stud. Steal man. of the draft. He's Six been he's pick. been the, he's been the better rookie this year on the Chiefs over the over Clyde. He's Six been our best rookie. Louisiana Tech, yeah, steal of the draft. He is he is tied for rookie interceptions. And they kept season. trying to attack him. That's what's that's my favorite part of the oh, yeah. Anytime he plays, the opposing offenses try to attack him, and the dude keeps making plays. Yeah. And he yeah. makes and Tyron's feeding off him too. Yeah, Tyron's been making crazy plays because he's because Sneed's been manning that slot. And Bashad Breland dropped an interception. Oh, like, no. You know what I mean? Like the, the, there's the secondaries yeah. we don't give them enough credit. They've been great, man. Tyron Matthew, I know he gets Twitter fingers a lot of times. Oh, he's been balling he last few weeks. Rolling. Yeah, but on the on the field this year, he's been all pro. Absolutely, he's been an all. He's like pro. fourth in interceptions this year. Yeah, he's yeah. been unbelievable, and I don't see that stopping. I think Juan Thornhill's going to finally start getting his bearings back because it's been a year now since he tore his ACL. It usually takes about twelve months to really get your body back. Dan Sorensen yeah. is having a career year. His blitzes has been insane this year. Rashad Fenton yeah. Yeah. doesn't get enough credit. He's been great in the all, all of our CBs, man. That's all of our all of our DBs have been great. Guys, I yeah. know that these games have been close, but think, contextualize it. Yeah. The Chiefs had a lot of road games of late. Well, and the defense is consistently really getting teams. better. The defense is consistently getting better, too, as the weeks yeah. have progressed. And I will say, too, and another thing I just need to, to brag on him a little bit more. How many games has he missed this year? Three. He's missed three games this year, and he leads all rookies in interceptions. Exactly. That he, has is, three, he has three interceptions. Yeah, he leads all rookies. He's, I mean, the guy is – the future wow. The future is bright, man. Give him another year next year and under Spag's system. I mean, Rashad can go bye-bye. I heard an interview of uh, Sneed this week, and yeah. I absolutely loved it because I asked him, how do you think you've played this year? And he he didn't hesitate. He go, terrible. Yeah. I played terrible. Like, chip, I, chip we all on know that's shoulder, not baby. true. We all yeah. know that's not true, and Sneed knows that's not true. But I love that mentality mm-hmm. because you're not settling on what you're doing. Strive for greatness, that, man. For a 22-year-old kid to get that, like that, that speaks volumes of his greatness. And I loved his little side note. I loved his little son's video. Mm-hmm. He's like, my son knows – he's three years old. He knows football better than I do. Like, yeah. I just love – I love what I'm seeing from this team it's, it, at all levels, man. I know, like I said – the offensive line has, has real problems, but you're not going to be facing front sevens like that on a consistent basis. So if they can just hold guard and hold down and give Patrick Holmes three seconds, mm-hmm. he's going to devastate any defense that comes in his in his path. And and, and I know Le'Veon Bell is not Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at this point of his career. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gave us 1,100 all-purpose yards and five touchdowns. We will miss him. I do think, though, the Chiefs are going to get him back in the playoffs. I do think he's healthy enough, and they're going to give him a chance. And here's the beautiful thing. Getting Le'Veon Bell – Clyde's not going to have to come back and get 25 carries. No. He can just come in, patchwork, spot work. Yeah, exactly. Yep. While Le'Veon Bell gets into a rhythm. I know 
People are saying that he doesn't play great. I'm telling you, don't be shocked. If these last two games, if the, both of them even matter, yeah. don't be shocked if Le'Veon Bell plays really well in I mean, games. Le'Veon and – I mean, we never had a big, big, huge chunk play in the running game last week, but, I mean, our offensive line was was run blocking pretty well. We were getting, you know, five, six yards per carry between the two of our running backs. So, I mean, I, it was good to see us play, have a little bit of an, a balanced attack because all that that only helps Pat. You know, if you can, you can, if you can develop – the running game early. I mean, that's just that's rule number one for an offense yeah. to find a balance, to find a rhythm. And, you know, if we can, if we can get that on, and that was one of the best rush defenses in the league, if not the best rush defense in the league. Them and Tampa are the two of the best rush defenses in the league. So we are running on them fairly well. Um, you know, once we get our guys, our line back healthy, yeah, I, I'm excited, man. I, I hope I just want Clyde to rest up, be ready for the playoffs, and I think we'll be good to go. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs have. A big game coming up. I know yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a four-win Falcons team. So we're gonna, closer. We're gonna, Trevor and I are going to take a whole other segment to to break down this this upcoming game because I'm very excited about this matchup. I, I was excited about it before the season. I know you had the Falcons making the playoffs. Yeah. So you're probably anticipating to have this game be a big game. It's still a big game, and we're going to break all that down next for you guys. So stay tuned. We'll get back to that after this. We are widening the corridors and adding more lanes. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We're now accepting callers for these pendant keychains. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Twidwell Studios with my fellow Twidwell, Trevor Twidwell. Was good. So we just uh, tackled, literally and figuratively, the Saints game and how much how nerve-wracking it was, but at the same time, very relieving yeah. uh, for Chiefs fans out there. I, I really hope we brought some light to this one because I know that as this as the as the end of the year comes about, you know, you're, you're starting to you want to see your team playing their best football. The thing about the Chiefs, though, at this point is it isn't that they're playing their best football. They're just still playing great football. Like, it's not that they're – 2019 was a little bit different because the Chiefs were 6-4 and four at a point of the season, and then they never looked back. The Chiefs have lost literally one time this entire season. So it's a, it's different yep. in how they're doing it, but it doesn't mean that it's any less impressive. In fact, in my opinion, it's more impressive because, of the, as our guy Nick Wright stated uh, this week, the Chiefs rode – uh, performance this year is unlike anything we've ever seen right. in the history of the NFL. Especially like, on, a, on a, a year after winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. It doesn't... <laughs> four, you mean four playoff teams on the road. Yeah, man. And you go undefeated and you average over 30 a game. I like, mean, people are going to say something about the fans also. That that That, that is a fair sure, point to an extent. But that's for yeah. everybody. Right. It's not like the Chiefs got some advantage. Like, it's, you're not allowed to have fans in the stands when the Chiefs play. It's a no, level playing field, man. It's for everybody. Yep, yeah, yep. everyone had equal opportunity. It's just that the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and everyone else doesn't. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to this uh, game against the Falcons and, 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 uh, on Sunday night, It's or Sunday uh, noon, Sunday afternoon. It's going to be on Fox, which I love because I don't know if you guys have been catching those new uh, camera lenses they've been using man. on the touchdown. I love it, man. That'd be, that's so it's badass. It's fun to watch some highlights on that. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> um Looking at this game just from a matchup perspective, it's not very exciting. Um, I, I actually do feel really good at the fact that the Chiefs are probably going to win this game by a couple touchdowns. I know we say that every damn week, but but the, the, the Falcons are like the Falcons are basically the Chargers of the NFC, where they just find ways to lose games. If you watch that An Buccaneers exciting game, offense, they're up they're up twenty four to seven 
against the Buccaneers, and they end up losing that game. I don't even know if that's even possible. But nevertheless, looking at it again, I don't think this is going to be one of those games where it's like, oh, my God, what a great game. Yeah. But this game means a lot to the Chiefs, and it's for multiple reasons, guys. Let's clarify something. The AFC, the one seed for the Chiefs is locked up. They could lose out and still win the the one seed. That's not the issue. This game is a great opportunity for the Chiefs to not only guarantee the lockup, because if they win it, they 100% have the, the one seed, but it's also because this is the type of team the Chiefs could really try some stuff out on. This is the kind of game where you can give Le'Veon Bell 25 carries or 25 touches. Mm. He can go out there and get six six catches out of the backfield and see what you can get out of the backfield. Him and Daryl would split the load for sure. Yes. Yeah. This is a game where the defense can really pin their ears back against a statue of Matt Ryan. It's a get-right game on both sides. Yes. Like no the doubt. Chiefs really, and this is a perfect opportunity because if and when the Chiefs win this game while trying some of these things out, which we know the Chiefs are a very experimental team. Right. They win this game, all of a sudden the pressure is off for three weeks. Well, for yeah, for going into going into the divisional round, no you doubt. have three weeks Clinch to just, yes, yeah. to get everybody healthy, to get everybody feeling good, to just rest. Like yep. this team needs that so bad, as banged up as they are, because that Chargers game will mean nothing at that point. You'll see Patrick Holmes for maybe a couple series. Chad any game. Yeah, you'll see Ch- exactly. And we're just leaning back knowing we got the one seed locked up and we got next week off. Yeah. This game is a stress relief type of game. I think once the Chiefs won the Saints game, I felt great about the rest of the way going. But this is a game where I feel like the Chiefs can say, you know what? We we can afford to lose this game, but mentally we can't. Mm. You don't want to be dropping a game to the Falcons at home and nah. then say, hey, we're still feeling good. We got the one seed. No, mentally, this game has to be important to the Chiefs. I think it is. I think that uh, Eric Bieniemy is going to be, he's been taking play calling over almost all season. He's going to be interviewing for jobs. You want to be making sure you're impressing the rest of the league, these per- potential uh, 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 employers. Mm-hmm. You want to be saying, hey, Eric Bieniemy called that game. They just dropped 38 on the Falcons in a game they really didn't need. Let's let, you know, this is, this is good news. You know the Falcons are going to come in here, bring their A game because they're trying to play spoiler or whatever they can do. Right. The Chargers are going to try next week. There's a lot of opportunity for a lot of different people on this team. I think the Chiefs are going to come out here. I think they're going to take care of business quickly. It's going to remind me a little – I know that the Jets game wasn't quick. I know that the first half was kind of frustrating. But once you saw the offense click, it, it really didn't matter. Right. The secondary of the Falcons is horrific. I think they've been playing better football since Raheem Morris took over. The defense overall is horrible over there. The, yes, there is, as a whole. like I think this is one of those games where Patrick Mahomes is going to be unscathed. I, I think that the offensive line will be good enough. They generate pressure as best they can, but, yeah, there's not a consistent – Yeah. Any any consistent defender on that defensive line that's going to get to Pat consistently, I don't think. So I do you think, see this game going? Man, I'll be honest. If I had to pick a way I saw this game playing out, I, I see us coming out like gangbusters the first half. I see us trying to trying our best because I think out of respect all the way around for Matt Ryan, I don't know if Julio Jones is playing yet. He's still questionable. But if Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are out there and Hayden Hurst, that's not a team you can just play around with and just go out. I know our defense should be able to take care of them, but at the same time, it's Julio Jones. It's Calvin. That's two legitimate elite wide receivers out there. Um, granted, like you said, we haven't allowed too much uh, production for the wide receivers, but this is these guys are a different beast, man. We, we, these guys can light you up very quickly. Um, so I think out of respect for the talent that's on the other side, um, that could keep pace with the Chiefs if they if they found the right stride, and they I think they could keep pace and score uh, go score for score. I think I respect them. I think we're going to come out and, and try to get Tyreek on a couple deep shots, uh, uh, get Travis Kelsey going. I think we're going to try to score quickly and early, 
try to you know build a, a fairly comfortable lead, maybe a, a 10 to 14 point lead and just kind of ride it out. Um, I don't expect us to be aggressive the entire game, but I do think like this, if we get a good comfortable lead heading into the second half, uh, ride out with, with Le'Veon and, and Daryl and let those guys just eat the rest of the way and you know pin our let, let our guys pin their ears back on defense and just get after Matt Ryan because he has not handled pressure all at all good this year. Uh, for for literally every time I've watched him uh, and on blitzing on blitzes, yeah. he does not handle blitzes well at all. He's looked old this year. Um, so I think if we get you know some some safety blitzes with Tyron and 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 Sorensen in there, that's going to make Matt Ryan very uncomfortable. Um, and he 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 thrives off having a little extra time to make plays downfield to to, to Julio and and Calvin because those guys are legitimate deep threats and great route runners individually. So I think out of respect for those guys, I fully expect the Chiefs' offense to come out in there and just open up a can, um, get this game done, clinch that by, knowing that the, the, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel. They can they can rest up for a couple good couple a full couple weeks heading into the playoffs, um, getting everybody's bodies right. Uh, this game, I think, has major blow-up potential. I think we're taking this Atlanta team, regardless of their record, and had them having nothing to play for. I think we're taking this team very seriously, as we should. I think Andy Reid makes that clear every week. He takes, you know, he he'll boast about the opposition, regardless if they're good or not. Um, so, but I, th- I definitely think this is a, this is an offense to worry about um, for our defense. I think this is an offense to worry about just on paper. Um, Especially if Frank Clark goes on a milk carton. Again. Well, I mean, and we saw, you know, what they just, I know they lost the game, but we saw how early they, and quickly they scored on Tampa, yeah. you know, and that's a solid defense. Not the best secondary. Our secondary is obviously much, much better than Tampa's is. I mean, but, they have a geriatric fuck at quarterback. But, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just saying, if you, all we got to do is just, you know, I think we're going to come out and score quickly. Uh, I think we're going to blow it up in the first quarter, similar to how we did it to the, to the Bucks, um, and possibly much worse because this Atlanta's defense is much worse. Well, if you much look, worse than the Bucks. Defense. If you look at their entire season, um, they have not beaten a good team this season. I mean, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I would say an average team. They beat the, the beat the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. in Minnesota, which very is, streaky that team. was back in early October, right? Uh, and they they beat the living Christ out of the the Raiders. But we all know the Raiders were frauds all along. That was those, a, those that was a strange. That was Derek Carr's by far his worst game of the year. Well, yeah, exactly. And their only yeah. two other victories all season are against Carolina and Denver. Yeah, like those are not good teams. Two teams in the same boat as right. Yeah. So so they've capitalized on bad teams, sure. But they've and and on the defensive side, the only offenses that you're even comparable to the Chiefs, and I'm talking about, I'm very I'm saying that very loosely. Yeah, Seattle they they give up 38 points with Dak Prescott. Cowboys, they gave up uh, 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay, they gave up 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the New Orleans Saints, they gave up 24 and then 21. But those are divisional teams. So it's usually be closer. And then they gave up 31 against the Buccaneers just last week. Yeah. So what I'm saying all that is you, you do the math. The Falcons haven't beat a good team all season. They've given up over 30 points every single game against a good a good offense. All right. Patrick Mahomes and this offense know that they need to win this game. And whenever we hear the words need and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence, he gets the job done. So, I, 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 look, we've made the mistake many, many times this season since week five. Mm-hmm. We've made the mistakes of over, of overlooking opponents on this show. We've said, ah, Chiefs will blow them out. No big deal. We've had guests on of those same teams, and, and it ends up being a close one, or they ended up losing in week five. So I'm not going to sit here and try to overstep or overlook these Falcons because, again, they're going to come in here. Matt Ryan knows his days are numbered. Yep. He doesn't have a lot of football left in his career. Next year's probably, probably his last year. Yeah, he yeah. probably won't be playing with Atlanta after 2021. He will 100% play in 2021 with the Falcons now yeah. that I've seen his so cap the structure. Yeah, There's yeah. no way they're going to get rid of Matt Ryan and take that cap hit. Yeah. So Matt Ryan knows that his, his days are few, and he's still motivated to play good football because he's also trying to make the Hall of Fame. 
So is Julio Jones. Yes, and Raheem Morris, again, is trying to get that job as a head coach again. Mm -hmm. So this team, this fucking team is going to come in here with the notion of we're going to win this game. We're going to upset. We're going to make headlines. We're going to beat the champs. And they know that their defense cannot stop our offense. So Matt Ryan knows coming into this game he's going to have to put up 30. They're putting up. They're going to do. The Falcons are going to do everything in their power. They're going to put all the best schemes on offense this Mm -hmm. week. They're going to give the Chiefs everything they can handle. They're probably going to try to play a soft zone on defense. Yes. Not to take, take away the over the top and hopefully just hope that they, we don't beat them in space. Which I actually am excited about because the yeah. fact that this defense, I think, is going to get Matt Ryan multiple times. Not, not oh, sacks. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going, to make, they're going to force turnovers. I think the Chiefs. Yeah, are, like I said, he's been horrible against I'm, pressure. I'm this making year. a prediction now. Chiefs are getting three interceptions in this game. Oh, boy. I tr- Tyron Matthew has been on an absolute tear. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get a pick. I think Steed's getting another pick. Mm. And I'm gonna throw one. I'm gonna throw one your way. Somehow, some way, it's gonna happen. And it's a guy that I can't stand on this defense. Ben, ben Neiman's ne- getting a pick. <laughs> ben Neiman, mark this down on record. Give me a Sorensen ben pick, baby. Ben Neiman is getting an interception in this game. Whether it's a tip, well, whatever happens, he's getting especially a pick especially if game. Hitchens isn't playing because Hitchens yeah, on, is on he's COVID. Probably not. So I mean, Neiman's gonna get a lot of play. I would like to see. A, I would Wilson. love to see a Willie Gay interception. That would be amazing. At this point, the Chiefs don't have a ch- choice to play him now. They just don't. Yeah, they, 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 they don't trust him enough. Hitchens. They don't trust him enough. Yeah. Well, they're but. gonna have to trust his ass this week because they don't really have. And Damian else. Wilson's probably as is out too. So yeah, with Hitchens and but I mean that's the same. Like when I go into each matchup every week. I look at the opposing offenses instead of the opposing. I don't give a shit about yeah. defenses. Yeah. When you have Patrick Mahomes in this offense, defenses yeah. don't matter. Yep. Yeah. We proved that last year in the Super Bowl going against a, an all-time, top-five all-time defense in that in that Niners defense. It was incredible. 31 points. Right? So, yeah, we dropped 30 on their head and, and, and won it offensively in the end. So, I mean – Three touchdowns by Patrick Mahomes. I, I do not worry about the opposing defenses. I always I always look at the opposing quarterback and the weapons and see if they can keep pace with ours. That's all that – we turned it over four or five times against Miami and still won. It doesn't matter. We yep. put up 30-plus and still won. It doesn't That does not matter. We overcome that offensively every single time. The Raiders beat us by what? By outpacing us and surprising us offensively. Right. They didn't surprise us defensively. They they outpaced us and beat us offensively. So that's the only that's the only thing I think we need to worry about in this in matchup. I'm not worried about us losing in any way, but I can definitely see this being a sixty plus point over under. I would like it if the Chiefs brought up Byron Pringle. I I would like. I know we talked about for punt returns for sure. Yes, I, yeah. I really think they need to get D Rob out, out of the punt returning situation and get Byron Pringle in there because he back at K State was a was a kick kick returner. So he's special teams. Don't familiar. be surprised if we see Tajay Sharp back there. Tajay Sharp if he gets yeah. if he's if he gets on the active roster. Yeah, yeah, he's in the practice squad right now. But that kid is a speedster. He's a speedster and he's yeah. tall. So yeah, yeah. maybe you know I I don't know if that really has anything to do with no, it. No, I'm just saying maybe his special teams. Maybe you'll see him out there get yeah. a chance. But. He played zero snaps in all of 2019. Yeah. So he he'll be fresh, ready to go. I don't still really young. Know. He's like 23, 24. The let Marcus Kemp walk. Yeah, I don't really know what they were thinking on that one, unless Tajay Sharp well, is better on special teams because that's really always going to play. Yeah, yeah. I so, don't know. I don't know. I like Tajay Sharp better, better than Kemp. I don't know about special teams, but I know as an actual weapon offensively, yeah. Tajay Sharp can fly, man. Yeah. So but, the Chiefs, like I said, I, I'm not worried whether the Chiefs are going to win this game or not. For me, I just no. want to. I just want two things. I want them to get out of this game as healthy as possible. And I want them to just go out there and just get a victory. Just just win a game. I really hope it isn't a strenuous one. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, although it does serve metal, it gives you you know mm. camaraderie. It get you know unifies the team when they win close games and all that stuff. Chiefs have not won enough close games this season. I say at the same time. I know we we talking about this game, us going out there and scoring a lot of points. But at the same time, I could also on the flip side see this game 
going out there and just utilizing our, our running back depth, seeing Darwin Thompson getting 15 touches. And it would make a lot of sense. I can see that happening. It would slow in the game down. That because that, that kind of keeps your team a little healthier. That's what I'm saying. Because Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, like, I, I do think on the flip side, though, of this, of what you're saying, though, I, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are on, on pace to break some records. Yeah. Tyreek Hill has, has now matched Dwayne Bow in touchdowns. And we with want 15. those. Yeah, we want those. He wants that. He wants that record. And more likely, Tyreek won't play. Shit, we can do that. We can do that in the first quarter, like we did against the Bucks. Right. So yeah. if the Chiefs beat the Falcons. You're not going to see Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in Week 17. Right. So Travis Kelsey is what 60 yards away from breaking his once George Kittle's record. He would break his record again with like 35 yards, mm-hmm. and then he would break George Kittle's record. Yeah, I'm exactly. confident Travis Kelsey is going to eat, gonna eat against yeah. that secondary, and I mean, it's this is a matter. I think Travis Kelsey is going to get his. I, it's just a matter. Is Tyreek going to score again? Which, and tra- Patrick Mahomes is like 289 yards, I think, away from 5,000 passing yards. Yeah, I so mean, I, it's it's death taxes and Travis Kelsey and yeah. Tyreek Hill touchdowns. I mean, that's it's a that's a weekly thing, man. So Patrick I fully expect him. Patrick Mahomes would be the the only quarterback in NFL history to have two 5,000 yard seasons in his first three seasons. As a starter, it's never happened before. He's the goat, man. Yeah, it's He's just it's it, so there's a lot of records, and I think Andy Reid likes to reward his guys with records. I think he likes oh, yeah. to give them nods for morale like reasons. I mean, right. imagine imagine Travis Kelsey and Tyreek having those records going into the postseason. Yeah. Uh, how high on life those guys are going to be, and saying. how high on life Pat's going to be, knowing right. that he got those for those that's, guys. That's why this game's big. That's what I'm saying. This game I mean, adds interest to your dick, I will dude. Make, I will make Straight up. Prediction though, if this game is a blowout, let's say it's like 42 to 12 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Chris Jones is throwing a touchdown, man. Running a touchdown, bro. How Chris high? Jones is doing something offensively. We should just start Chris Jones at quarterback next next game against <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers. Just let him fuck it up. Well, don't let Travis Kelsey play quarterback. <laughs> just play Wildcat with Chris Jones <laughs> to see if these guys tackle Chris Jones. How great would that be? Jesus. Oh man, Chris Jones throws eleven. Some picks. NFL street <laughs> shit. No, just Wildcat. Just let him run it every time. <laughs> well, we can't have that because he's the only guy that's making a hundred million on this team that can actually get to the quarterback. That is very true. So, but no, like I said, I, I feel good about this one, guys. I think it's going to be a straight Stress-free, finally, a stress-free game for the Chiefs. I think they go out there and take care of business. I think they win this game by multiple touchdowns. We'll yeah. give you guys our, our score predictions, obviously, on Sunday, as we always do. Uh, but I, I think we, we're looking forward to a feel-good game. This will be our Week 17 and Week seventeen and week 16, yeah. because Week 17, in my opinion, is not going to matter. Uh, Chiefs can still very well beat the Chargers, but I, I, it's not even going to matter at this point. I think the Chiefs are just going to take care of business in Week 16, lock up that one seed, get out, get healthy, and let their starters rest and get ready for the playoffs because the AFC, man, is actually the better conference. Yeah. If you look at the comparisons right now of the playoff teams on both sides, I, I mean, I know the Chiefs are the prohibitive favorites out of the AFC, but they have better matchups and harder matchups than the Packers would in the NFC. Oh, yeah, yeah. They really do. Yeah. Just from a, Now, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFC, but as far as team depth, Drew Brees it's not on the being AFC nah, side. Drew Brees not being himself, that, that definitely helps the Packers out a whole lot. Sure. And, and Tom Brady being as, as old as he is. And they're an inconsistent offense with all those we- even with all those weapons. The Bucks have not been right. able to be you you know, consistently a, great. You don't have a you don't have a team on the AFC side that's going to win a division at six and ten or seven and nine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can say what you want about the Browns, but in the AFC, the Browns are a team you got to worry about. The Look, I mean, Nick, Nick, Nick Chubb and, and Cream Hunt is a that is a scary matchup for any defense. Baker Mayfield's had one interception in his last seven games. Right outside of those stormy weather games, he's been balling out of his mind yeah, this year. There, there are, like I said, the, the depth of the AFC playoff structure is yeah. far greater than the yeah, NFC's. Yeah. It's it just the, the thing that sucks for these AFC teams is you're going to have to come to Arrowhead. Yeah. And we just know you activate, you know, GOAT 15. It's just 
Mm-hmm. It's just not going to really matter. I don't want to. We're we're not want to get yeah. ahead of ourselves. We're obviously going to have we have weeks <laughs> of content coming up, guys. Gonna fuck these Falcons up. <laughs> Nevertheless, yes, I think the Chiefs are going to take care of business, score a ton of points, yeah. and make sure they got that one seat for sure without any question. I do think a key cog, doubt. though. I will say this, just for, as far as my what I see happening to 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 end this segment. I think if Julio Jones does play, that that changes the way the Chiefs uh, uh, um, approach this game. Sure, because we've seen it all. Well, we've seen it all year. Well, the splits with Julio in the offense and Julio not even not, not not playing, even if he's out there playing decoy, he is the key cog in that. He is the oil that keeps those those you know those wheels churning. So I think if Julio's out, which he's kind of trending down a little bit, he hasn't really been. He had one limited practice in this week so far. Um, if he's out. I can see the Chiefs just grinding this game out. Maybe, maybe trying to get Travis Kelsey and Tyreek a touchdown and get their yards. But overall, I can see I can definitely see a run-heavy game and just keeping that and then let, pinning our, our ears back on defense and just getting after Matt Ryan. Because when Julio, like I said, when Julio's out and all we got to worry about is Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, their offense is entirely different without Julio. So expect a lot of points being scored if Julio is out there and Julio is not out there. I expect maybe 27, 30 points from us with a win. Get off that milk carton, Frank Clark, for Christ's sake, yeah, man. Please. Um, but uh, give us your thoughts on this guys uh, at, at, on Twitter at the spoken pod. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook. We have a, we have a very active group on Facebook. Just it's called the spoken. Just get yourself invited. Brent will bring you in and you're part of the family, but we're actually going to get to you guys. Now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get to the Monday mailbag. We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. It is time for the Monday Mailbag each and every week. What we do is we give you guys the platform, the opportunity to take over the show for the entire segment. You give us your thoughts, your opinions, your discussions, your topics, your debates, whatever you're heated on, whatever you guys are ready to talk about in the world of sports. We take it, we take it seriously, and we discuss it. So, Trevor, what is in the Monday Mailbag this week? All right, first up, we got our guy Tommy Carpenter. Uh, He asks, why is Robinson playing? LOL. <laughs> Do Chiefs need to draft an edge rusher? Is Chiefs is if oh, is it? if Chiefs beat Atlanta, do they sit Mahomes and company last game to be healthy for the playoffs? Okay, first question, uh, why is D-Rob playing? I think it's because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes like Demarcus Robinson. Mm-hmm. I think they, they see his upside more than his downside. Uh, unfortunately for us over here at The Spoken, I don't want to speak for everybody. For me, I've never really seen Demarcus Robinson's upside. I, I think he's very replaceable. I think he's a guy that makes a lot of mistakes, more mistakes than he makes positive plays, to be honest. And see, the thing about a backup wide receiver is you're in there to facilitate depth. You're not in there to make humongous plays. You're in there just to make a couple possession catches, maybe get a touchdown. You're sure shit not in there to try to get a 20-yard fucking safety. That's absolutely absurd, man. So I I think it's just because they believe in him and they're, they're a little stubborn on this one, if you ask me. Uh, if the Chiefs beats, was that the second question about the the Falcons? If the Chiefs beat the Falcons, will Mahomes play? Uh, did the or, Chiefs need to draft their edge rush? Oh, did you, um, here's the thing about the Chiefs in the edge rush position. I think they're kind of hamstrung right now. Uh, they're definitely not going free agent with edge. Could they improve? Yes, because I I don't think that Okafor 
or I'm sorry, yeah, I don't think Okafor is the long-term answer on the other side of Frank Clark, and I honestly don't think Frank Clark's the long-term answer either. So if they do draft the guy, I would like that, but I think it's going to be later because their priorities have to be offensive line, and I think they really need to take the offensive side seriously with uh, – actually, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I think that the Chiefs need to answer uh, wide receiver depth before they do edge rush. Mm-hmm. edge rush. With the draft, which I'll get to in a second, what I think the Chiefs should do yeah. uh, with the wide receiver position. Um, but the third question with Patrick Mahomes, uh, yes, I, w- I even if the Chiefs beat the Falcons, I would like to see Patrick Mahomes play a little bit in the Chargers game just be- just to keep him in rhythm. You don't want him to be missing several. Or was it that be he'd be going on three weeks of no football uh, if he wasn't to weren't to play against the Chargers? Right. I think he really wants to play just to stay in some rhythm. I think you'd see him a two to three series, well, especially if we don't have those records for Kelsey and Tyreek. Yeah, at least play the first half, get him the records. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I will say this though, I don't think you'll see Travis Kelsey and or Tyreek Hill. In week seventeen, of well, especially with Tyreek Hill being a little banged up right yeah. now, I know he's not really hurt, but he's had some tire, he's had some uh, some tightness in his hamstring. Now, now I will say this though, there is incentive for Travis Kelsey to play week seventeen, yeah, because he has a streak of reception for uh, one reception. That's a game. what I'm saying. We'll see a little bit of him. And I think, he has a, I think he has a streak going for th- at least three receptions in, in games. If I go back and look at his game, you know, Kelsey's like, going to want that. You know, he's got yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So he's going to want I, that. I, damn, now that I think about it. We might see Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I think we'll get a first half of them. I don't yeah. think I don't think we're gonna. I don't think Andy Reid's is gonna entirely I don't sit think all the guys Hill plays, though because he's been having hamstring issues. Yeah, yes, I'm saying he's had tightness. Yeah, I, I, let yeah. stretch that out. You know, yeah. take some time, rehab a little bit. But, but yeah, I, I, to answer your question, Tommy, I, I definitely think we see Patrick Mahomes all 16 games this season. Yeah, I mean to answer the Demar- Demarcus Robinson's uh, question, I, I I don't mind him being out there for offensive snaps, but I I didn't understand the returning kicks, returning punts. Uh, I think he ruined his opportunity there. Obviously, I don't think he's in. I don't think we're going to see him out there doing that again. I think we'll find another body that can do that. Like you brought up the the uh, um, uh, Byron Pringle, which I were fully comfortable and we've seen him perform well in that spot. If we can bring him up, possibly, and uh, with him being healthy now, I believe that would be definitely be a better alt- alternative. Um, but yeah, I don't mind him being uh, playing just the the, the 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 receivers position that he does. You know getting you know his handful of targets every other week or so but i mean in reality like we talked earlier on in the year when i was talking about the comparison between him and mccall he was he was pacing mccall as far as targets and yards every week in the past couple of weeks he's had demarcus robbins has had four total targets in the last two games mccall on the other hand has had 12 right so mccall's been getting mccall's kind of leapfrogged demarcus in the, in the offense entirely so that's why i think we saw Demarcus and uh, they kind of reversed each other's roles, right? Which I am so happy about. Right. I, I'm so happy about it at the same time. I don't really see Demarcus returning kicks either, though, or punts. So at the same time, can we just like, you know, just take away the, the special teams and the snaps right. overall? And it's not like the Chiefs are obligated to play Demarcus Robinson a lot because he's not making a lot of money. I think he's making $2 million. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. And, and, on, and, on, a, and on a personal basis, McCall's been the better player over the last eight weeks. Yeah. So McCall definitely deserves what he's getting. He's 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 been getting on the right page, and obviously it showed last game with that incredible touchdown, uh, toe drag touchdown. Um, and as far as the drafting an edge rusher, yeah, I'm. I mean, I don't think we should draft an edge rusher first. Yeah, uh, we got we got yeah we, yeah we got to go. I still think we need to develop another linebacker. Um, I do like the the Willie Gay pick, but we haven't shown trust in them yet as of, as of late. So I'm not sure what the inside uh, issue is with that. Um, I love his ability, but I do. I'm always for drafting another linebacker. You can't have too many linebackers. We're, we we've obviously shown we we know how to find depth at the, at the cornerback and DB positions. We're good there, so I think we really need to go in all in on offensive line, uh, linebacker, and edge edge rushers. Maybe another skill guy at the end of the. You know, we can always there's always good sleeper receivers at the end of the draft or another tight end. Obviously, um, 
to you know develop under Travis Kelsey the next couple seasons. Um, if the Chiefs beat Atlanta, do they sit Mahomes? Um, like I, we obviously just touched on this. I don't. I, I still expect Mahomes to play at least the first half of the, yeah. of the final week. Um, I just think that's that's in Mahomes. I don't think Mahomes will be happy just to sit out an entire game from start to finish. I don't think he'd want to do that. I don't think we'll ever see Pat do that unless we're just completely undefeated or something. Um, but yeah, a rhythm is huge in football. Momentum is huge in football. Having rhythm, Pat, rhythm was the dancer too. <laughs> absolutely, it's yeah. The great lyrics would say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't expect us to sit. I expect maybe sit the second half if we develop a good lead. Even if we, even if we don't, I shit. I have faith in Chad Henney to go out there and beat the Chargers at this point. So um, I don't expect them to fully anything sit. is possible. I right. anything. Either way, I, I trust Andy Reid and, and and our staff to make the right decisions and Pat nonetheless. Uh, next question is from Larry uh, Ippolito. Is it? A, I think that's it. Yeah. Larry Ippolito. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong or butchered that. Um, he says, why does it seem the Chiefs, why does it seem the Chiefs consistently have a double digit lead in the fourth quarter, but I'm always pacing and biting my nails the final two minutes uh, or praying they recover on an onside kick. Also, will someone please tell me, Will someone please tell Hardman and friggin' D-Rob that not every kick is a good idea to try to return? How soon before special teams and defensive let-ups in the fourth cost the team a victory? Man, Larry, I feel like I was I was listening <laughs> to myself talk during a game, man, because I, I share your sentiments 100%. Uh, it, I don't want to mask it. It was It's very frustrating to see a lot of these things happen. I'm, I'm a very – Trevor and I are very much on the same page in this regard that I, I know we, we, there's this narrative that you don't want to put too much on film. Man, when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and you have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you don't think these teams are just already – they're fully aware of what you're going to do. It's just can they stop it? I mean, in a baseball reference, if you will, you don't think people didn't know that Mariano Rivera was going to throw the cut fastball? Of course, that's all he had. But you couldn't hit it. You don't think that people don't know that the Titans are going to run Derrick Henry? Of course they do. But can you stop it? No. You can't stop the Chiefs. You can't stop Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. So I hate this. I really, really hate this mentality of, let's just let's ease it down now. No. Beat the fuck out of them. I want to see that. So, Larry, I'm with you on that one. And when it comes to McColl and, and, and D-Rob, look, McColl I'm giving a pass to for at least another year because he's so young. And he's behind two prolific all-pro receivers in Kelsey and Hill that the onus isn't on him to develop as fast as some other young receivers have to. That's why I'm still decently okay with them taking McColl along with the Tyreek Hill uncertainty when they drafted him as opposed to DK Metcalf. If we revisited that and we knew that Tyreek Hill was going to be okay, yes, we should have taken DK Metcalf. But it was a context, it was a context thing. So with D-Rob, again, we've already talked about it. I don't want to give him too much. I feel like we've been talking about him all damn night. Yeah. But, yes, he needs to get out of his own ass a little bit, get, remove his head from his rectum a little bit because he's not a young receiver. Dude's 27 years old. This dude is just as old as Sammy Watkins. Very much. Yeah, and he's been in this offense for a few years exactly. now. Exactly. He's right. been around since 2016. This guy knows the way Andy Reid expects people to play football, and he still doesn't get it down. So if I don't see D-Rob on the field for the rest of the season, hmm. I'm not going to cry. But I know he's going to be there. So, But, yeah, Larry, I'm with you, bro. Trust me when I, I, I get what you're saying. I get your frustrations. We pace. Ask Trevor. I mean, I, I, I've, been half, I've been damn near tempted to go Facebook Live, but I'm, I'm afraid you guys – I don't want you guys to see that side of me because I get very frustrated during these games because they're not fun. No. A lot of these games are not fun. 
at the end of the game, we're sitting here, Trevor and I will literally just be leaned back like we just had a third Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. We're just uh, heavy breathing, <laughs> just like taking our belts off because yeah. we're so freaking relieved that they just sco- they cinched that one out, man. But yes, I, I don't think we're going to be worried about it because, again, like I said, the difference between us and every other team is we got Patrick Mahomes and they don't. Yeah, I mean, look, for me, the fir- the person that takes the blame on for me on the, on the first on the top of the totem pole for special teams is Coach Tope, right? Because this is a discipline issue. This is not an issue with these guys just making up, you know, making up their minds on what they want to do per per kickoff, per opportunity. You pre- for the most part, if the kick is in play, you play it. Obviously, unless you need a fair catch because they broke the coverage and they're going to nail you. But for the mo- most most for the most part, I, I this starts at practice. This starts with the discipline or lack thereof. Uh, from Coach Tobe, um, it's, it's, our special teams have been very inconsistent. We'll have big plays, obviously, with that a few weeks back with with Pringle returning one to the house, and we've seen McColl obviously return one to the house as well. Um, so we have dynamic guys, but I don't understand the call to put Demarcus Robinson back there. That's a Tobe issue. That's Tobe's call. Andy Reid trusts Tobe, and Tobe is a good coach. But at the same time, there's there's moments where I really, really second guess what Tobe is thinking because. Before every time, before Tobe sends his guy out there to return a kick or a punt, they have a discussion, right? That's the, that's a part of coaching. That's why he's paid money to 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 coach that specific part of the game. So I that that falls on his head first before any player in my mind. Obviously, Demarcus should have went down, but at the same time, Tobe probably told him, you know, hey, if you if you think you got it, you know, you can you can take it. Blah blah blah. I don't really know what the conversations are, but at the same time, this is something that's practiced every single week for every single game. All year round, so I, you know, Coach Tubbs got to take a lot of the blame there, not just D Rob, but D Rob definitely needs to learn when to take his L and just go down um, and accept the fielders that he got, or just fucking put your hand up and fair catch the shit, or let it just bounce out of the end zone. I don't, I don't know why Tobe likes to have his guys catch out of the five and try to make a play. That's just and very rarely ever works out, especially when D Rob's catching it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as a, a play like that costing us the game, and we just saw it last week. Typically, typically, most teams that would have cost them the game or killed the momentum. But when you have a guy like like we just talked about in the segment past, when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, very rarely is that going to cost you a game. We've seen this numerous times to Patrick overcoming, you know, a, a stupid ass fumble or yeah, or a safety, something like that that would cost most teams. But the fact that we have Patrick Mahomes, we have Andy Reid to to clean it up on the other end. There's not too much to worry about because we can put the bandaid on things like that. So I appreciate the, the question, Larry. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'll see some changes there in the special teams with D Rob. I don't th- I don't think we're going to see him again out there. To be honest with you. Uh, next question, Donnie Couch. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, sorry I've been uh, asking questions. I've been really, really I haven't been asking questions. I think what he meant. Um, I've been really, really busy. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs going to?" What are, the, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs going O-line overhaul this offseason, not just in the draft, but in free agency as well? For example, I would love if they signed Joe Tooney. Well, first of all, Donnie, it's good to have you back, man. I uh, yeah. hope that you're enjoying uh, this holiday season with, uh, with Eddie. Yeah. With, oh, that's Billy. <laughs> Billy, don't, don't be him, disrespectful. No, him, him like Donnie, that. and Billy. Uh, I think Donnie gets like spare ribs on that whole thing. but he's the, He gets to watch. No, but I'm glad to, glad to have you back, Don. Uh, and I uh, hope, yeah, like I said, man, you're enjoying this time uh, with or without Eddie. Um, but when it comes to the, the, the offensive line, yeah, man, I, I've been, I've been, you guys know, I've been saying it for months. I, w- once Patrick Holmes got that contract, I said, okay, first order of business, 
build him the best offensive line possible. I, I talked about this, I think, last week even. I've mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, you know, we, we always reminisce on, oh, man, imagine you know Patrick Mahomes. We fantasize. Imagine Patrick Mahomes behind that 2003 offensive line. Yeah. Uh, they drafted Will Shields. They went and signed <laughs> Willie Rofe. You know, they went and got Casey Wigman and, 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 and uh, you know, John Tate. And, like, uh, our guy Shaggy corrected me. I, I accidentally said last week that the, they drafted uh, Brian Waters. They actually went and signed him mm. after the Cowboys uh, drafted cut him because he was actually a tight end originally. But, nevertheless, they built Trent Green, one of the greatest offensive lines ever assembled. Those don't just come around. you got to go out and get it. So, yeah, now that you've got you've got a quarterback that's making five hundred million dollars, that's not including a State Farm and Oakleys and all this other money. You got to protect the dude. So yes, an overhaul is absolutely necessary, especially when you look at the Chiefs team as a whole. They have depth on a lot of other areas. You don't need to go and get cornerback. You don't need to go get safety. You don't need to go and get defensive line. You don't need to go get wide receivers. Now I would like to see them go and get. Uh, as we talked about, a linebacker. I would like to see them add to the tight end depth because outside of Travis Kelsey, it is literally bullshit. Um, but yes, uh, offensive line has to be priority number one. Um, and I think that that is what the Chiefs have to do 100%. Did uh, Donnie ask another question with that as well? Uh, he's got a couple follow-up questions that kind of fall right in line with this. Yeah. So we can kind of hit these boom, boom, boom real quick. Um, they're pretty much all draft questions. I'll, I'll save one of them for later. But well, I know he said Joe Tooney. I, yeah. would, I would like Brandon Scherf. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the guy I would really like to see the Chiefs. His market value around is sitting around thirteen, fourteen million. They can mm-hmm. absolutely one hundred percent afford that because yeah. Patrick Mahomes' contract is friendly for the next three to four years. So they can go out and get free agents still. And as we've talked about, and as they're going to continue to talk about, there are veterans that are going to take minimal contracts to play on the Chiefs. So guys like that that know that hey. I can go to Kansas City, protect Patrick Mahomes, make three to five million less per year, but have a chance at a Super Bowl every single season. Yes, sign my ass up. Yeah. I'm 29, 30 years old at this point. I may not have another shot at getting a Super Bowl, and I definitely don't want to play against Patrick Mahomes. So I'll take less money to play here. I think you're going to see guys like that take smaller contracts to play with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, the only real weakness on this team is the O line. There's not really another real weakness. I mean, I know we don't have great linebacker depth, but uh, with the way Hitchens has been playing this year, it's been a danger. He's the most consistent yeah. defensive player on this team. I would like to see the Chiefs extend him. He's yeah, he's taken a big step forward. He's been way more vocal and aggressive this year, which I've loved. Uh, he's 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 noticeably like aggressive out there more this year than I've ever seen him before. It looked like kind of how he was when he was in Dallas. It was really reminiscent of how he looked when he was in Dallas, and that the guy I loved when we signed him. Um, so yeah, it's. Our only weakness is the O line, so I think I fully. I mean, I if anybody knows that it's it's Coach Reed. You know his knowledge being an O line coach to start his career. That's his specialty, right? So which, which is you know obviously a glaring thing to him. I'm sure seeing it every day in practice uh, and every week in every matchup, seeing Pat getting crushed at at times. That's going to be a thing we're going to address this offseason. And like we've stated numerous times for months and months and months since this season, since this season started and since last season ended. We're a championship team. We we fully plan on making that a repeat championship, um, and t- players are going to want to come play here. Um, I know there's never really sexy names on on offensive linemen, free agents, um, or even in the draft. Those are the kind of guys that go unnoted. Those are the unsung heroes of the sport. Um, but guys are going to want to come play here. Guys are going to want to come. Offensive linemen are going to want to come battle in the trenches for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. This is this is we're going to be that team. 
just as we saw a lot of guys like that, gritty guys come and play for the Patriots and want to go win rings and give it their all because they know that there's a ring at the end of that road. That's going to be the Chiefs. That's going to be here in Kansas City for for the foreseeable future for the next decade plus, more than likely. Um, so, yeah, I fully expect that to be addressed in the draft and, and the free agency for sure. Um, so Donnie Couch's next question is, why is Snead so good? Uh, genetics? <laughs> no, it, it, it's because, like I told, like I said earlier, um, when he answers questions about how he thinks he's playing, he's not settling. I love mm-hmm. that about this guy um, because of the fact that he's he's coming into a, a he came from Louisiana Tech. Like mm-hmm. that's not a big school that you don't you know you're not coming from a place where you're f- playing pros all the time. And he came into this league and he was very green, but he embraced all of it. And he didn't just come into this league as a, as a rookie. He came into this league in an unprecedented time where he didn't have OTAs. He didn't have a lot of training camp. And he still excelled because I think this is the kind of guy that has the skill set that matches. And to be honest, I'm surprised he fell as far as he did. Uh, our guy, Ken Swanson from Arrowhead Pride, was big on LeJarrius Sneed. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord Jerry. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana Tech's not a big school. No. So, yeah. and, and and we heard Kent on the on the draft guide. You guys need to buy that every year. I'm serious, man. Yeah. The Arrowhead Pride draft Nails. guide is insanely good and accurate, albeit, um, with the way that they 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 grade a lot of these guys. And he was he was one of Kent's biggest guys. He really wanted Legereus, and the Chiefs got him. And it, he fits this defense perfectly. He's a big Physical. Six foot one, one ninety three. That's a big freaking corner, man. That is a big. Freaking you know, the best corner. part about him is though why his ball skills are so incredible and why he's so good at breaking former the ball. A former converted wide receiver. He knows how to read quarterbacks' eyes. He knows the spots. He knows when the play breaks down, where to go. He is a spags guy to a team. He's man. a more technically sound, more consistent Marcus Peters. Remember Janoris Jenkins when he's he used a ball to play, when he used to play for the Giants. Right. He's back there with. With who? Oh, that's right. Spags. Right. Same kind of guy. Big, that's- tall. Yeah, yeah. Speedy guy, too, as well. Yeah, he's perfect, man. He's he, He's been the the biggest bright spot on this defense all year. Him him, and Hitchens, to me, have been the brightest points. I mean, Tyron's been doing his thing. Tyron gets his numbers. old news, man. We Ty- know yeah. that's Tyron. But Sneed is the reason Tyron's succeeding, exactly. succeeding this year because he's able to play a little more free safety. He's able to play more free and float around and spy. Yeah. That, that's because Snead has been taking care of the slot and he's been locking guys down, even when getting being the most uh, targeted corner on our team so far this year because yep. he's a rookie. People think they can get away with it. Yep. He's making them pay. So the guy's just damn good, man. I'm so glad we drafted him. Uh, next question, Donnie Couch. Uh, could the Chiefs get another tight end to play with Travis Kelsey? Yeah, the I think they need to draft a tight end this year. Yeah, I don't think they need to. Draft, I want to last year. But I don't yeah. think they need to draft a tight end in the first two picks because, as we remember, Chiefs got Travis Kelsey in the third round. Right. So they, if they were into the third well, round, tight end talents always drop in the draft. Absolutely. Yeah. If they were to be able to land a, 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 a senior out of whatever school you want to name, a tight end mm. in the third or fourth round, yes. Yeah. I would love to see them run a little more 12 personnel because it protects Patrick Mahomes even more so. Well, there's going to be some free agents, too, coming in this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I don't know who they're going to be, but I would imagine Jimmy Graham will come available, old Jimmy Graham yeah. had to this team for one year. I'm not sure if Zach Ertz is a free agent coming off this offseason. Oh, that could Jesus be a guy. I'm, Christ. That's a possibility. That or, or a Trey Burton from the Colts. I think he might be a free agent. There's a, there's a lot look, of guys. We have to look at the free agent tight ends. But yeah. Yeah, if you, even if you, like I said, you're going to get a 34, 35-year-old Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. just to throw into this offense a big body for a red the zone. zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's 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 all this team would need, yeah. But look, I'm looking my chops over here yeah, thinking yeah. about that type of potential, man. But <laughs> I definitely think though drafting a young guy to 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 develop under Kelsey is ideal. I thought that was gonna be Ricky Seals Jones, man. It still could. Oh. I don't know what I don't know. We've heard nothing about him all it's year, weird, man. I don't know what it is. I liked him when he was in Arizona playing over there. It's weird. 
So yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what the issue is with that. He's a talented kid, so we'll see what develops out of that. But I mean, he's I don't see him doing anything for the rest of the season. Um, next question, Donnie Couch. Do you have any draft crushes for the Chiefs, or is it too early to ask? It's too early to ask. Uh, I, there will be guys I will fall in love with. I guarantee you, I'll fall in love with some Wisconsin guard or you know Michigan. One of the guys in the Big Ten. They always seem to pump out great offensive linemen. So I'll, I'll, we'll definitely do. We'll definitely attack that after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And we'll talk about what you know, what guard or tackle I'm falling in love with. And so, just bear with us on that. We still got a lot of football to tackle in this season, but you best believe, guys. I'm there's. I'm not going to surprise you. Yeah. My first pick with the Chiefs at 32 will, without question, be an offensive guard or an offensive tackle, a guy that can play swing tackle, whatever it is. Because we're going to have to answer that too. I, I don't think Mitchell Schwartz is going to be here for longer than another year. And honestly, I would love to see if the Chiefs can get out of the Eric Fisher business. I would like that too. Not that he hasn't been good. But he's only getting older. He's starting to get banged up. He missed what eight games last season, um, and and he's he's missing. He's not missing time this year, but he's not been very good mm. consistently. I'd like to see the Chiefs uh, potentially, if they can, get out of the business of both tackles and start over potentially with Lucas Niang starting at one of those positions and then drafting a guy or bringing in a guy in free agency. That's what I'd like to see. But like I said, we're getting way ahead of ourselves in that regard. Yeah, it's a little early for that, but I mean. If I had a, an ideal, I had no name attached to it yet, but my ideal crush would like a build, a crush build for me would be whatever the biggest, baddest, meanest, grittiest offensive lineman in the draft is. I want that guy. Yeah. I want to take the best. I want I want grit on this offensive line. I want guys that are me. I want an Indominus Sue offensive lineman. Get a Ram check. I whatever, want whatever yes. Ram checks out there. Go I want him. somebody who's gonna just you know, punch you in the throat every time you meet up in that line in the trenches. I want a guy like that because we won't have a lot of guys like that. Shortsy is secretly a dog. That's why we're missing that attitude on offensive line. He's a nice guy. He's a teddy bear, but Schwartzy's a, a a beast out there. Oh, we're yeah. missing that. Well, I want another guy like that um, and possibly another left guard or left tackle, um, obviously, to develop. We need it. We're going to need depth there. Uh, but, yeah, definitely all, any, any the nastiest, biggest, baddest offensive lineman you can think of. That's going to be where my eyes are going to be going to when, the, when it comes draft season. Uh, last question from Donnie Couch. Uh, he says, last question, is fruitcake good or bad? <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm not a fruitcake guy. Uh, fruit pizza is fucking delicious. I've never um, had fruitcake, I don't think. It's 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 like, a, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I'm not a big dodge. fruit guy looks, to begin it with. Horrible. It looks like barf. It's yeah. Sorry it's like, if you're eating, watch, listen to this. But it's it's not, it looks it's, like something you throw up. It's very overrated. It's like yeah, that's that's retirement home food when you're playing. It looks bridge. like diabetes stuffing. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not good. I'm a, it's it's a no. It's a bad for me, Donnie. So yeah, that's that's two votes for now. Yeah, it's it's seasonal. I get why you'd ask. Final question. Uh, we got five minutes here. Final question. We got Billy Hodge. Billy, how's Eddie? Yeah, how's Eddie? I know you guys are hanging out right now with the holidays. <laughs> Loving on each other. First of all, Merry Christmas to my extended family. Yeah. Oh, Merry Christmas, Billy. Love you, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, except for Eddie, who picked the Ravens. <laughs> we're just talking about their love affair, and now we're going to start shitting on Eddie. Uh, maybe they broke up. I don't know. Uh, he said, Merry Christmas to my extended family, uh, ex- except for Eddie, who picked the Ravens over the Chiefs in week three. Eddie picked the Bucks As the as the Chiefs team in the whole – as the Chiefs team in – and as a whole, how do you feel about the Chiefs moving forward in the playoffs? I, I will clarify real quick before we go to break. He picked the Ravens, he picked the Bucks, and he picked the Saints. He's a he's a low key hater. Zero and three, baby. Hold this L. Yep. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. As a, as as a whole, how do you see the Chiefs team moving forward in the playoffs? I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that's that simple, Billy. I, I don't want to go into too much depth. I think it's very simplistic. The AFC is really good. 
But unless you can find me another Patrick Mahomes in the AFC playoff picture, the Chiefs have the Patrick, the only Patrick Mahomes in there. And I think he's going to take care of business once again. He's going to magnet. He's going to just marvel the world with his greatness. The offensive line does scare me a little bit, but like I said, he overcomes it. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to play good enough, and I think we're going to get Clyde back. The defense is going to make plays when they need to make plays, and the Chiefs are going to find themselves in another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, we are the best. It's it's not close. We are the best team in the entire league, not the AFC. Um, we are the we are the pinnacle of this league. Teams have to play their best just to compete with us, not even just to beat us. They have to play their best just to give themselves a chance maybe to win. We don't have to do that every week when we've proven that. We've squeaked out some close games, yeah, but that's when getting the other the opposition's best, right? So if we play a team in the playoffs and they they slip up once or twice and they don't get their best game, they are going to lose because we are going to find a way to win, right? So I, I'm not worried. <laughs> we've seen this team flip a switch, especially defensively, and our defense has been trending upward for the last few weeks, and we've been making plays. We've been forcing turnovers. And when we first, when we first forced turnovers, we just got to capitalize and put up points off those turnovers. And we've been doing that the last couple of weeks. Um, so if we continue to do that, um, I expect us, you know, especially once we clinch this bye, um, which is the only bye, right? We only get one bye this year. So that's huge for us. It's a big advantage in being home. Having every game at home in the postseason is huge, obviously, in Arrowhead. Um, like I said, man, we are the pinnacle. We're what teams are striving to be. Um, it's going to take a lot to knock us off. It's going to take the very best uh, or more. It's going to take the, you know, the unexpected for teams to knock us off. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, we can play a B game and beat a team's A-plus game. Um, I have all the faith in our coaching staff and, and, and Patrick Mahomes being who he is. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we and I believe we've been playing some of our best football heading in. And I think we're in this next matchup against the Falcons. I think we're gonna like you, like you Lance said earlier. We're gonna have this is kind of a get right game for the offense and a get right game for the defense. Not necessarily that we've been slacking on either side, um, but this is just kind of like a blow up spot for both sides, just to have a dominant, you know, nad pumping type of momentum heading into this postseason. So um, full confidence in this team. Uh, no reason not to have full confidence in this team. Uh, I like our odds. So yeah. thank you guys so much. That was a great Monday mailbag. Good to have Donnie back. And I'm glad Billy is uh, enjoying uh, Eddie's presence or maybe not. I mean, it sounds like they might be on the rocks. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we have one more order of business to get to. Trevor, what's it called? Hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her? I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. It is time to hold this L. What we do each and every week on the Spoken Podcast is we give out some friendly or not-so-friendly Ls in the world of sports, but regardless of whether they're friendly or unfriendly, we promise you, whichever team or player or sport or whatever it is, whoever's holding it deserves to hold it. 
So since our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, is not here tonight, I feel like I should give out an honorary L for Mr. Eddie Ortiz. And it is not F1 this time, I promise you guys, because I don't know shit about shit when it comes to F1. That is why Eddie is here to give us those international takes and the sports that only people watch that get up at 3 a.m. that can watch them from Europe. But nevertheless, I'm giving this one out to one Juju Smith-Schuster. Biggest reason why is not only is he having a very below average season and has not been great since Antonio Brown has been with the Steelers in the regards of being a wide receiver one, but decided to take his half-ass mediocre dance moves for TikTok on the the center stage, a.k.a. the logo of opposing uh, teams' uh, fields this season, thinking it's cute, thinking it's cool, whatever. And honestly, as a person, I don't have a problem with it. But I do have a problem with it when you're still playing mediocre football and you've lost three straight games and you go out there and get absolutely clobbered against a two-win Bengals <laughs> team. Because that's lit too, dude. So badly. And he's been getting dragged all week long so badly that he goes on Twitter and goes on radio and says, I am never doing that again. Juju Smith-Schuster took an L on the field and on social media. What a week to have, my guy. Hit, that hit on him was so, gnarly, bro. So Juju on this B, <laughs> go ahead and Juju on this L, and do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. Trevor Twiddle, who's holding the L for you this week, my man? I mean, we can't have this discussion and not talk about James Harden. Do it. I mean, okay. Do it. First of all, I mean, getting fined $50,000 is chump change to this guy. This guy's made a shit ton of money in his career already. But the fact – he's ruining his whole – I mean, I always thought the guy was a little different. and he, he, he But, I mean, the, he's really, really turning into a prima donna in this league for no good reason. He's not a winner. He's a talented guy. He gets good numbers. He's had an MVP in his career, but he's not a winner. He's never won a thing in his life. Yet this guy thinks he has the right to go and just – in the time we're living in, in sports – and go just feel like he. I'm not like listen. I'm not. It's, this is gonna come off like I'm trying to like intrude on someone how they should live their life. I already know the athletes and famous people and celebrities alike are under a microscope as it is. But the season's just getting ready to kick off, and you're unavailable for the opening game. Not only are you unavailable, you force your team to, to postpone the game because other people were in contact with you because you were openly. He said it wasn't a strip club, but that doesn't matter to me. He was in a club maskless around other people at a birthday party. And the worst part about it is, dude, you are a multi, multi-millionaire famous athlete and you're going to let someone record you. There should be a, 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 a sign off before anyone hangs around you. No recording, no pictures. I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that. I mean, he shouldn't have got away with that either way, but you're really going to have people recording you. Without a mask on, you you know that's going to get care. out. Yeah, he just doesn't it's, care. Yeah, so it shows obviously the lack of care for not only himself, his health, his teammates, their health, and now the, the the structure and chemistry and camaraderie and morale of the team. He's totally sabotaging the Rockets this year, and it's and it's really sad. He's going to be gone. I feel like they're going to trade him eventually, and they're probably going to not going to be where he wants. They're going to gonna go. send him to Charlotte or Pelicans. somewhere. Yeah, so somewhere he's going to kind of... I think the Pelicans are definitely going to be one of those teams because they got the talent to trade. Right. Them. So, I mean, I just it's a bad look, man. I, like I said, I'm not trying to, like, government these guys and govern these guys and try to say what they can and can't do. You know, live your life. If you feel like you can, you want to do that, feel free. But the fact that he is James Harden. If LeBron James did this shit, 
Oh, if gee. KD or Kyrie you were doing this shit, like Skip I mean, I wanted, to, yeah, I mean, I wanted to give Kyrie all the shit in the world for lighting a sage like a Karen. James Harden's taking the clip notes. Or this guy, yeah, this is this is next level stuff, man. Like, like I said, the fifty thousand dollar fine is is nothing to him. That's he can take that on the chin, no problem. But I imagine I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of John Wall. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Demarcus Cousins, who are both trying to have yeah. a comeback season. This was their night to have an opening game to start their season off, and it's got to be postponed because this selfish ass prick. Why do you think Darryl wanted Moore, to go to a party mask? Why do you think Daryl Moore, Moore hasn't traded for him? Right. Oh, you I don't know. think you don't think that's a great spot. If Darryl Moore, is a great Darryl, spot for him. Darryl Moore, if you call the Rockets yeah. right now and say, "I'll give you Ben Simmons," you right? don't think the Rockets are taking straight that trade up, straight up? They're taking that trade straight up. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't done that. Why? Right. Because Daryl Moore knows this is what comes with James Harden. That's the problem. And honestly, not to interrupt you, Trevor, because no, no, this no. is your L. Real quick, yeah. the reason why I want to see James Harden with the New Orleans Pelicans, two reasons, and it's beautiful, and it's <laughs> karma like a motherfucker. Biggest reason, James Harden would be going to a team where he's not the biggest star. Mm. Zion Williamson is by far the biggest star in New Orleans, whether you get James Harden or not. Figuratively and literally, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> amen. More people are going to go to yeah. watch Zion Williamson than oh, James yeah, Harden, yeah, yeah. okay? Because yeah. there's the potential of being a great player and a winner. Right. James Harden, we already know he's not a winner. Right. Second point, which is the my favorite, is the fact that New Orleans Pelicans are infamous for having a lack of coverage on the team. Mm. They don't have beat reporters, unlike other teams. I think they might now because of Zion Williamson, but it's more like a follow of like David Miniman with LeBron James or Brian Winters with yeah. LeBron James. They follow him. I mean, not it's the a, team. Yeah, it's New Orleans. It's, it's the Pelicans. New Orleans. Yeah, it's not. It's a football town. They're owned by the Saints owner. Yeah, they don't yeah. even have like their own owner. Like, it's a horrible market for basketball. Right. Because it's a football area, not mm-hmm. just not just pro football, it's but, not a big but college yeah. football, right? So they're yeah. third tier already. So you're going to be not the most famous, most important player and relevant player on your own team <laughs> in a third tier market. I hope to God that happens, man. Because yeah. then, in hindsight, when it fails, they'll say whatever they get traded for to Houston, mm-hmm. Houston won the trade. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Want, oh, yeah, yeah. I've always loved James Harden. At this point, I want to see him fail so bad. He's, I, I, I want to see him fail because of how much of a dick, how much of a douchebag, how much of a selfish motherfucker he's been this offseason. Right. And, and he's literally trying to wreck a franchise in a pandemic. What a selfish piece of shit. And that's the biggest thing. Like I said, that exactly those words are the biggest thing I took away from him when I was reading the, the article and I watched the video when he was out there at the birthday party. Like I said, again, I'm going to reiterate. I'm not trying to like control this guy or like say he should or shouldn't do this. What he sh- but you, <laughs> this is the reason we had a bubble last year, right? Two, two to get rid of even the opportunity of having things like this. You know, you're, you're, you're isolated against your will and it was genius and it worked out and it was great. But <laughs> as soon as we go back to normal, we're going to have people out here defying superstar players out here defying what, what needs to be going on in the protocol of the league. Uh, I mean, it, it's just a really, really bad look on not, not just obviously the league is going to take a hit on this, this, his personality him as an individual, his lack of leadership. This just, just goes to show why he doesn't succeed on the court because this is who he is as an individual. This is his mentality. He's self-centered. He's selfish. He's become a massive prima donna, and he's he's, act, he's acting like as if he's won anything or if he means that much to this league, and it's just not the case. I think he thinks bigger of him than what reality thinks of him. So James Hard, man, that's that's a it's a bummer to see you acting like that. You're gonna eventually get out of out, out of there, and you're gonna get your way because he's made it clear he doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. But I don't think it's gonna work out for you, buddy. So in the meantime, while you figure all that shit out and you try to self you try to sabotage the entire team and what they want to do moving forward, uh, you're gonna have to do me a favor, buddy, and hold, hold this L. L.
I had a couple routes I could have went this week. Um, I, I was uh, I was tempted. There were there was there was quite a bit this this week I could have went with, but it, it kind of ties in with what I started the show with in regards to how the Chiefs are being talked about by the national media, in particular certain individuals. And I, I don't like to give credence to people that I don't feel deserve the airtime, but I, I just can't help myself this week because this motherfucker came on Kansas City Radio Waves this week. <laughs> and and it, yes. doesn't, it doesn't even begin this week with this motherfucker. Yep. His name is Ross Tucker. I like to call him Ross Cucker. Um, Ross Cucker, uh, this offseason, he, he wrote this cute little piece on The Athletic about the Chiefs. And look, man, I, I'm not going to sit here and say if you have an opinion on the Chiefs, I don't agree with it. You're a piece of shit or anything like that. But it, it's the arrogance. It's the, it's the, it's the lack of knowledge and lack of research that, I, that starts to make me sick to my stomach when people come out and get paid to make these opinions and sound so goddamn foolish. In yeah. uh, August 31st, the season hasn't even officially started yet. August 31st, Ross Cucker came out with this uh, article that literally is titled A Dynasty? Question mark? The Chiefs won't even repeat as Super Bowl champions. So naturally, I got my 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 interest was peaked because I'm like, okay, this might be a provocative, just clickbait uh, article, or you know what? Hey, you know what? Maybe Ross Cucker uh, did his uh, research and came up with some pretty undebatable, you know, uh, points that I can't really fight on because maybe he did some research and found some things out that I didn't even know about as a Chiefs fan and a a podcaster in Kansas City. No, it was just a clickbait clickbait piece of shit because the first paragraph is this, and this is verbatim, okay? I'm not adding or taking anything away. Quote, the Chiefs are, aren't going to repeat as Super Bowl champions this season. They are, they are also not going to be the next dynasty in the NFL. There are a few reasons why that is the case, and frankly, they have little to do with any in-depth analysis at their front office, coaching staff, or roster. So basically what he just said right there is, and I'm I'm quoting him for a second, Mm. basically what he's saying right there is, throw all the facts out of the way. I'm just going to tell you why I'm making this fluff piece. And then he finishes this this last paragraph with this, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because he doesn't deserve that much time. The first and most obvious is that winning back-to-back titles and becoming a dynasty are extremely rare. And they're extremely rare because they are incredibly difficult to accomplish. It seems like... It should be evident, but for some reason, people need to be reminded of that. So let me remind Ross Cucker of a couple <laughs> facts, too, that are rare. The fact that the Chiefs had three straight double-digit deficits in the playoffs last season, and yet they won those games. The fact that the Chiefs have the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL that we've never seen before doing the things he's doing. And guess what, motherfucker? He's gotten better, and he's only going to get better. The fact that Andy Reid is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. The fact that this is one of the deepest, most talented rosters. Oh, and their average age is 26 years old, which means they're not going anywhere either. The fact that the Chiefs, again, are going to have several Free agent veterans that are highly skilled and still very much in their prime going to come to Kansas City and have already been doing that, by the way, choosing to come to Kansas City, a cold, nothing-to-do city except barbecue and football, over Miami and Le'Veon Bell. Decided to come to Kansas City to be a backup running back when he could have been the starting, no question, bell cow, literally and figuratively, running back in Miami, a playoff team. All these factors aside... You're just going to say, well, it's because it's extremely rare. No fucking shit, it's rare. You know what else is rare? To have a first-year quarterback throw 50 touchdowns. 
You know what else is rare? To have as much talent on this team that they have that are all on the same page and have avoided all COVID COVID, uh, scares. And you're going to sit here and diminish this team, then come on to Kansas City Radio Waves and call out Chiefs fans for calling your ass out? Motherfucker, you're the one that put these words out here. You're the one that came out here and said the shit you said. Nobody made this stuff up. Nobody forced you to say these things. Yet you're going to come on our radio waves and disrespect the fans out here like you know us? You don't know shit, man. I don't care if you're a former pro. You don't know shit. Calling us idiots, calling us minions because you're an idiot? Because you're a minion? Because you try to get hot takes and edgies and they blew up in your face? This is on you, motherfucker, Ross Cucker. I, I, look, man, I don't have any respect for this dude. I, I want you guys, if you can, to find the clips. I'm not going to go into detail of what, he, of, of, of what radio station, all those other things. The point is, he went on radio waves in Kansas City and called us out and made it personal. And then wanted to hang up the phone like he's some badass and encourage people to come at him. I, we got under his skin. It worked. And what he wanted didn't happen. And that's why he's pissed off. And that's why he's in his feelings. So, Ross, stay in your feelings, motherfucker, because Patrick Mahomes is about to hoist another Lombardi, another Super Bowl MVP, and I can't wait for your article about why the Chiefs can't three-peat next season. So, in the meantime, here's a little gift for you on Christmas Eve, motherfucker. Do me a favor and hold this L, baby. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... I'm glad you gave it to him, man. That's why we, me and you talked about this off the air, and I was like, bro, you better... I've been fucking ready all You better go in on one, this man. guy. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to send him this clip on Twitter. I hope he hears oh, it, Oh, please, please I'm, do. I'm I'll retweet him, it. I'm sending him this clip. I'll retweet all 105 followers of mine on Twitter <laughs> so they can all see it. I do have a theory real quick, Trevor. I don't want to end the show on that note. No. Before we go, I wanted to give you and the listeners this. I think the Chiefs should trade for Odell Beckham Jr. I'm, I'm with that. You I, I was already thinking, and I don't want to sit here and copy and paste what Nick Wright said. He did say this on his show, mm-hmm. and it only gave me confirmation. Oh, yeah. I was theorizing what wide receivers would I like the Chiefs to trade for in this offseason or get. Obviously, there's you know you have these young guys like Curtis Samuel. We talk about him. I would yeah, love that addition. Absolutely. 24 years old. He has some health problems, but he'd be cheap and motivated. He's, he fits the skill set perfectly of this offense, right? Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham makes so much sense because I think the Chiefs are getting out of the Sammy Watkins business because right. he's missed another five, six games this he season. He fills that role, that true one, number one yes. wide receiver one role. Yep. He's 27 years old. Mm-hmm. He has had some injuries himself, so I'm not trying to downplay that and say that's the reason why. For sure. The, here's the better thing. That contract he signed two years ago with the Browns, almost all the guaranteed money is off the, ba- off the books. Right. Next season, he's owed $12.7 million. For Odell Beckham Jr., after that, he has no more guaranteed money against the cap. So you have Odell Beckham Jr. on contract for another three seasons, mm-hmm. and you only have to pay him $12.7 million in guaranteed money. And you can get out of Cleveland and go play with Pat, Pat Mahomes. And if it doesn't work yeah. out... You took a chance on Odell Beckham Jr., a Hall of Fame talent in his prime, mm-hmm. with twelve point seven million attached to him. You can release him after next season. It's perfect, and yeah. the best part is he would be the third option in this offense. Oh, yeah. Think about having Odell Beckham at twenty-seven years old as the third option. Sammy Watkins as a third option is crazy. Yeah. Imagine Odell Beckham Jr. as a third option. And McCole Hardman has another year under his belt. And they'll probably draft another wide receiver. Think about the potential of this offense. And here and every, and I talked to Shaggy about this on Twitter because I posted it. And I had a lot of people saying, yeah, I like it. I like the idea. Shaggy was one that opposed it. And he said, I don't want them to trade the first round pick. They don't have to. Yeah. 
Odell Beckham is a second, third round trade piece because right. of all the unavailability he's been having. And the offense, if we're being honest, the Browns have gotten better without him. And with Sammy off the books, we'll have free money. We'll have money out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, that, that's it's definitely a possibility because he's. Got, I'm pretty sure he's going to want to go elsewhere. You're going to tell me right now you wouldn't give up a second round pick for OBJ? Yeah, it's, yeah, I wouldn't even have to think about it. <laughs> but I mean, I think this also. I I will say to continue this, it would be a shame to have this hold this L segment without bringing up the Rams. Um, I think <laughs> honorary mention. I mean, you got to give it to the Rams here as well. I wanted to use them too, but I, I just felt. With basketball being kicked off here, yep. I just felt it was it was, it was good timing to, to to go in on James Harden. But yeah, losing to the Jets, man, at home as seventeen oh, point favorites. I literally, I threw when Eddie when Eddie told me that they just lost, I thought Eddie was lying when he told me because <laughs> Eddie was over here watching the game with us, and he told me that I was like, "What? Shut up! You're lying." And they did not just lose to the Jets at home. So yeah, I can't. I, I know a few. I still can't believe it. I, yeah, it's it's really hard even saying it out loud to yeah. even picture that. Yeah. So yeah, the Jets can't even lose right. It's 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 hilarious, man. So, or they can't even win, right? I guess you should say. You should actually give the L to the Jets. That's fans. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's a lose lose for both sides. <laughs> it's a lose lose for both sides. That was the beauty. That was the beauty of that game. Was neither team was trying to, to get the outcome that they got. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, the, the Rams definitely got a hold of L on that one too. So that was his honorary yeah. mention. I had to throw <laughs> had to throw it in there. So. What's funny is the Rams are going to probably get at the NFC Championship still too. Like that's what <laughs> that team's too talented not yeah. to get there, man. Yeah. It's showing me, you know, I mean, the guy that great, you can't have that attached to his name. That sucks. Rough. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Christmas Eve, man, episode 96. This was a lot of fun. It sucks we didn't have our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, here. Uh, but his family's awesome, and I know he needs that time with them. But you know what, guys? This is what we, – we try to be an extension to your family here as well, guys. We're all cheese fans. So we have that common bond where a lot of you are cheese fans. I want to speak for everybody. A lot of you guys are Chiefs fans. A lot of you guys are just simply football fans. If you're not, that, you should be. We have that common bond. NBA fans, MLB fans. Like, we talk it all here, man. And uh, we, we really appreciate you guys. And this is a time to reflect. It's been a very rough year. It's been the roughest year of my life, personally. Uh, but nevertheless, man, we prevail. And we're here. We do the show every single week. We try to give you guys a little bit of, you know, uh, humor mixed within some content. We try to give you guys our viewpoint, our opinion as accurately and as honestly as possible. And we really appreciate that you guys care enough. Um, we had a friend, uh, mutual friend, Trevor and I, I'll just say it, Evan, uh, our good friend, texted us a couple days ago. And he said he was leaving his job and a, another coworker was walking in and he heard that guy t- listening to the show. I mean, to some people that doesn't mean much, but that means everything to us. Like to know that people are out there during their day, going into work, leaving work, whatever they're doing, and they're listening to what we have to say. And they're a part of this. Like that is why we do this. And I know, yep. again, I'm going to reemphasize, most of you guys probably have families to go hang out with tomorrow or are already doing that, and this holiday season is great for you, and you love it. Some of you, that might not be the reality. Some of us don't have big families. Some of us don't have good families. Some of us don't have healthy situations. If we can be anything to help you get through that time and, and avoid feeling depressed or sad or whatever it is, Damn it, we are going to do that. And that is why we're here. Yes, we're here to talk sports. But we do know that sports, a lot of times, is an uplifter and a distraction from tough times in our life. And we want to be an extension to that. Because I know we have the games. When the games are over, we want to be that show you go to. We want to be the group you go to. We want to be on social media that you go to and feel like you're connected. That is why we're here. Because that is what, what we do. It's what we cling to. This show is for us as well, guys. I'm telling you, it heals us too. Trevor and I talk about this all the time. It's one of the few things we have in this life that we get to really like have and love and cherish and look forward to each and every week. So trust me when I say, guys, 
This is equally as just as much for us as it is for you, and we're so glad it means anything to any of you out there that are listening and being a part of this. So for all the Monday mailbaggers, for all of our podcasters, streamers, listeners, YouTubers, all you guys, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy all of those things, guys. Festivus. Because, yes, 2020 is almost over, guys. Mm. We're going to get through this. We're going to watch the Chiefs win another fucking Super Bowl in February. 2021 is going to be a good year. Let's be positive, man. Let's Let's be there for each other. Hit us up, man. You guys ever want to talk about stuff outside of sports, man? We're available. We're humans too, man. Let, let us know what's going on in your life, man. We try, we'll try to be there as much as we possibly can. But in the meantime, for Eddie Ortiz, for Clay Wendler, who kicks so much ass on the backside of this whole uh, podcast side of things with our pr- production side and the editing side, for Gat, for all of KC, our KCPN family that provides content each and every night, for Trevor Twidwell, for Santa Claus, I'm Lance Twidwell, episode 96. Be out of this bitch. Happy holidays. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick around for a little bit.